Hey yo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone To the Caribbean, seven days and eight nights Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light Yeah, we always be booked, we got our drinks in the sky From New York City to the USBI Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up Cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump Finding pockets on the Lido, she ain't gotta be a 10 Cause we did the things, and we'll do them again Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out Cause we got the drink pack and we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leaves from and all aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast Show, coming at you not quite live from the Cape Compound down in Boca Raton. Welcome to the show. We're doing another week. This is episode 102. Later on in the show, you're going to hear a little bit from my buddy Nick. Nick, you may remember from, I forgot the number of the episode, but we got together in New York City at the old studio. And we had some whiskey. We had some Johnny Walker Blue. And uh, we went off for, like I think, like three hours. Had a good time. This is not quite the same. We did it telephonically this time. So he's not in studio. But Nick is a uh, stand-up comedian type of uh, personality. And he is uh, you know, in the business. And he's just an entertainer in general. Has the gift of gab and the entertainer's spirit. So... We went on a couple of cruises. He was formerly a shoe-in member of the uh, cruise crew that we used to roll with. Now, he makes a pop-in every once in a while because he's uh, lived a... It's amazing how much has changed since we started this whole thing, even with myself. Just a little settling down that has gone on since we came off pounding our chest. Oh, jeez, I'm sorry. Here we go. That was you, Marty. Marty, if you want to know, that was you on the Facebook alert. Uh, let me lower the volume on that. So yeah, I came in pounding the chest like three years ago about how, uh, yeah, we are the crazy cruisers, we're the wild ones. We are. Now, we still are. We still have our moments, and by most people's standards, we'll st- we're still lunatics. But yeah, that little settling down thing seems to have happened a little bit. Anyway, we're already in here. This is the Acquired Taste Podcast. I say that at the top of the show now because I know we're having some new listeners come by. And uh, if you are a new listener to this show, I would ask, uh, dare I say, urge you to give it a couple of episodes. Give it some time, despite the rambling, despite the me talking you into submission on certain topics that you may have some sort of an outlying uh, interest in. And then maybe even when I get done with them, you don't have the inch. Sorry, guys, this is a heavy Dunkin' Donuts day. I just swallowed down the whole 32-ounce cold brew. So that's where we're at right now. That's why you're on the receiving end of this, as Joey Diaz would call it, ear-beating. And that's what's going on right now. So, yeah, I say that we're an acquired taste at the top of the show. We're a community, if nothing else. I love it. You know, big shout-out to all the regulars that appear in the Always Be Both Cruisers Lounge on Facebook. And uh, if you're new to the show and you're wondering what all these things are, You'll be in. You'll be in the mix within a couple of episodes, if that. You know what I mean. Spend some time trolling around in the uh, Facebook group. Check out the website. By the way, guys, alwaysbebooked.com is up live and in action. I want to say this. This is going to come off a little salesy, and you know what? Deal with it. Um, I love. Absolutely love the functionality of the new booking tool on the website. So you go to alwaysbebooked.com. You'll see a scrolling, revolving window, a main window. And you can control that by uh, clicking the arrow to the right of it. And then you can get to... uh, 
book your dream cruise. And the functionality, you know when you go to book a cruise, a lot of times I'm sure we have our favorite search engines or whatever, but I just love the specific, um, I guess, categories you can search under, the filters you can search under, and then just kind of check out. It's just web-friendly on my end as well because you will get a confirmation. As, uh, you know, Joe mentioned, check your spam folder if you get that confirmation and uh, the beauty of it is you don't ever have to speak to me if you're sick of my voice i would love to talk to you i would love you to call 323 getaway to book a cruise but if you want to just go on the site and book it because you're just listening to me ramble so much about this and that or whatever yeah you could feel free and guess what the commission's coming my way you have contributed to the show. Any of you who are apprehensive about this madman New Yorker who screams into a microphone once a week, and uh, am I really going to book through cruises through this guy? Is, is it really like it's, you don't have to? You can go to the website and you can give everything confirmed. There is a third party involved that helps the, the whole process through. It's cruise line approved and everything like that. So do that. Always be booked and then hit the cruise booking engine. All right, that's it for that. So, all right, the acquired taste thing. If you're new to the show and uh, you don't know what's going on and you're hearing some guy yelling into the microphone, give it a little time and that's about it. That's all I'll say about that regard. All right, we got an announcement to make. I teased this. I didn't tease it. I said it on on the uh, in the Facebook group. And I don't really know if I said it uh, beyond the Patreon. Did I even mention it? No, we didn't even exist last podcast. I don't know what I'm talking about. Here we go. So I was offered the position of, uh, what did they call it? Not a PVP, that's Carnival, whatever it was. The uh, Basically an outbound sales cruise consultant for Norwegian Cruise Line. And uh, I applied. I applied online while I'm doing this whole thing full time. I am consistently looking for something else, another source of income to come in. And I saw that the Norwegian uh, were, was hiring. And... You know, I can attest to the fact that they need to be hiring because as a travel agent, I'm spending so much time on hold with them trying to get in touch with somebody. I, I realize that they definitely need people. So I uh, I applied. The process continued. They called me for an interview. I went in for the interview and I feel like, you know, I feel like I really wowed them. I feel like I put the best foot forward. Sometimes you have good interviews. Like I can tell you this, I had a terrible interview with um. What's the, uh, uh, one of the luxury lines, I just put it out there, I just had a terrible phone interview, I didn't get a good interview off. In this face-to-face version, I did do very, very well, and I was impressed with the whole operation and things like that, it looked like a cool gig, and uh, you know, just a few little details behind the scenes, they just kept harping on the fact of how demanding it was going to be, and how much, uh, if you're into work-life balance, this is not what you're looking for. This is not the opportunity that you should be seeking. So having said that, normally I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid of, you know, dedicating my life to my work, which is what I did in the restaurant business for the past 15 years. Uh, so, but at this time I'm in a different place. I'm trying to get this always be booked thing off the ground. So did the interview and went well. They offered me the position. Okay. There you go. Offered you to pos- offer me the position. Told me it's going to be like you know, t- eleven a.m. to eight p.m. every night. Uh, the weekends are optional, but during wave season they're not really optional. They are, but we really you know everybody comes in. So during certain weeks it's seven days a week. Again, not trying to act like the lazy guy, but uh, again I wanted to. The whole purpose of looking for 
another job was to have something that I can work with, that I could still go on the weekend cruise with here and there to give you guys content, uh, that I can, you know, spend some time building, always be booked up. And this was clearly not going to be that. So I did get the offer, did get a bunch of advice from a bunch of people. Some people said I put it up there in the lounge, as you saw, and I do think everybody Everybody, first of all, I want to give a shout out and a thank you to everybody for weighing in because your answers were well thought out. Even the ones that I didn't necessarily agree with, I appreciated because I could see how well thought out they were. So what I will say now is I'm, I'm going to announce that I'm not going to take the position. And big shout out to Doug Parker because, you know, he was on the Patreon if you want to check that out. He was on the Patreon letting me know what he thought about it. Just take it. A lot of the sentiment that a lot of people had was just take the job and see where it goes. Do the training. There's a four-week training process. You'll get a lot of information about the cruise line. All points well taken. However, guys, how much heat did I get for my little hiatuses when I went to New York? How much heat did I get when I miss a, a, an episode here and there from you guys? And I, it's not all of you. I know it's some of you, and most of you are more than understanding about it. But the reason I came down here and the reason I walked away from the job in New York really was sincerely because there was a pit in my stomach about what can I do with always be booked. It was I felt like there was unfinished business. I felt like I had been leaving things on the table by going to work full time. And you know what? That was going to be just something that kind of bothered me unless I really, really gave it uh, a, a serious go. And this is what I'm doing now. And maybe if nothing else, this Norwegian thing is a wake up call again for me to say, give it a freaking go, make it happen. Because what I'll say is if I do, I'm being real here and honest with you. If I do take that job, if I did take that job, you know, I wouldn't say, all right, so always be booked. Am I shutting it down officially? Probably not. The Facebook group would live on. But yeah, you get a podcast a month. It takes, I'm telling you, I don't know what all these other podcasters do. I don't know what how long they take for their podcasts. But for me, it takes a good nine to 10 hours, depending upon, it's it's three hours a lot of times. It's more than three hours. It's four to five hours because it a lot of times is difficult to just sit there and just blab into a microphone for three Three hours straight, just me. I mean, even three-hour radio shows, they got commercials. They got other co-hosts and things like that. They get breaks. Three hours just rambling into a microphone is tough. I mean, it's probably tough for you, too. What do you want me to tell you? <laughs> but... So where we're at is that that's that's three to four hours of just three to five hours of just recording. Then there's another, you know, if you know, depending upon how good you feel about the show, a lot of times I want to listen to the whole thing back and edit it in real time, minute by minute. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I feel good about it and I like, you know what, I'll make some mistakes and I'll just pause so I can, uh, I guess, timestamp things. And then it won't be that big of a deal to go back and edit. But it's at least anywhere from an hour to the length of the show to edit if I have to go through the whole show. Not talking about the research and everything like that that take goes into it. I got to go through the emails. I got to go through the cruise news. I have to come up with and research and talk about a main topic very, very often. So all in all, you're talking about a full day. So if I'm working five to six days a week, I'm, it's not happening. A whole another day on a podcast, just a podcast where I'm not able to focus on the revenue generating portion of that, which is the travel agency, which is another episode in the Patreon. It's just not going to happen. You know what I mean? I love you guys and I love 
you know, what we do and what we've built here will always be booked. But if I'm working 65 hours a week, I'm not spending another nine hours donating a free podcast to the world. Call me what you want. Say what you want. Just being real with you. And we don't lie to each other, do we, Cones? Do we, Cones? We don't, do we? So that's pretty much it. So I'm turning down the position because even if I decided to go to four-week training, that's another four weeks of not having a podcast, and I'm going to be real with you again. There is some serious momentum going on. We've got downloads. We've got views. We've got things. We've got bookings, travel bookings that are on a level that are no, let's be clear, they're nowhere where they need to be. When I say nowhere, I mean nowhere where they need to be where they need to be, but they're head and shoulders above where they were. It's a historic time and always be booked because there is momentum and taking four weeks off to just go and train for Norwegian so I can learn what a six I category is different than a five B. That, that's what I'm going to learn there. I guarantee you I could walk in there because I could tell you right now, you know, now I was very impressed with the sales manager that I met with. He was very forthright with me. He was very, very forthcoming. Whatever fourth word you want to use, uh, you know, he 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 gave me the real deal. Told me that it was going to be challenging. Told me that the first year would be rough. Told me that it was going to be demanding and the training was going to be rigorous. And yes, it's not physical labor, but you are going to spend a lot of time on the phone. They told me the formula was five, three, and one fifty. Those numbers represent five hours on the phone, three sales for the day, and 150 calls each day. So that's, you know, that's a certain mentality that you have to have. That means rejection 147 times, hoping for that three. And that's par. You know what I mean? That's like, if you have that, you're pretty much going to keep your job. Is it great? No. Is it bad? No. That's those three numbers are basically par for the course and what you're going to do to keep your job. Now, ideally, you're going to want to make more money and you're going to want to improve on that. The money seemed good. The people that were there seemed happy. But guys, you know me. Am I a call center guy? Am I a cubicle guy? Is that me? Dare I say no? We'll see. Who knows? Uh all right, so that's about it. So that's why we are turning it down. All the advice was well taken. It was well received. It all made a lot of sense. But we are back. We're always be booked. We're all in on always be booked. I'm going to talk about something else right now, okay? Here's the deal. I got a direct message, okay? Direct message on Instagram last night. And it was from, uh, I don't know, who are these people? Uh, shows? Something about shows. Is what it is. It's uh, I think they're Lido Lolito disciples. I think they're uh, from that you know cruise geek disciples. I think they're from that camp over there. I got a message, and I you tell me if I'm crazy or not. But I took it as hostile. I took it as a little hostile. Basically, what it said was, "Hey, we're putting always be booked on T-shirts. You have any issues with that? You're gonna try to sue us or whatnot? That's the way I read it." That's the way I read it, at least. I put the screenshot up there in the Always Be Booked Ultra Lounge on Facebook. That's what happened. So I I took some time. I'm like, how do you respond to that? That seemed hostile. So you're going to try to sue us or whatnot? You bring in litigation? This is our first line of communication? I don't know who you are, respectfully. You don't know who I am, clearly. In the always in the uh, cruising circuit, you don't know me as always be booked. If you know me at all, you know damn well you shouldn't be using that hashtag. Now, my one side is like, well, let him use the hashtag because 
you know? I could tell you anything that goes always be booked on Instagram and it's hashtagged is going to come back to me. Yeah, of course, there's other things. I think I saw a hair salon be booked. People are going to use that phrase. It's a, it's a, if anybody doesn't know what it is, it's, it's a, a bit of a satire, a bit of a borrowing from the movie Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Always be closing. That's a that's a that's a legendary line from a movie. It was originally a play, and it's always be closing. It's an old sales tactic. It's a, well, that's from the movie. The, the 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 saying goes way beyond the movie. The phrase is just a sales thing, but they brought it to light in the movie Glen Gary, Glen Ross. You want to see a good movie? I don't know if you know that one. Glen Gary, Glen Ross. You're talking Al Pacino. You're talking. Uh, Alec Baldwin, you're talking uh, other guys, so Jack Lemon, you're talking gangsters of the game. Okay, so let's get back to this show's guy, whoever his name is. That's the message I get. What am I supposed to, what am I going to say? Oh, no, I, I will not proceed with litigation. Of course, I'm not suing you. We take it to the streets here It always be booked. If anything, there'll be some street beef. We'll pull up. Okay, that's what, that's the way it'll go down if it's going to go down. Having said that, it's not going to go down. You, you want to use my hashtag on your shirt? You're going to get a lot of people coming at you saying, oh, you are you affiliated? You know that I listen to that podcast too. That's what you're going to get from people who are going to, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, I ain't shit. I'll give you that. It win nothing. You know what I mean? At this point, I feel strongly that we won't be that way forever, but we're going to come up in the game. But as of right now, even at this infancy stage of us kind of trying to take it to whatever level we can get to where are we at right now we're at a point where if you're in the cruise community if you listen to some of the shows let's say doug let's say sherry let's say lalita loca let's say the cruise geeks back in when they were you know when they were when they were going on let's see you know big shout out to matt with fantastic cruising if you're in that whole realm you know always be booked who that's that's me pretty much that's not I don't say that with ego I say that with, you know, I'm not going to run out there and say, you know, uh, I'm not going to go try to say I'm going to put a hashtag for uh, Lalita Loco on and they're going to come at me and say, well, what are you doing? I'm going to say, well, you know, what are you talking about? I'm just a Ricky Martin fan. Is that going to happen? No. I know who I'm talking about when I say Lalita Loco. I'm not going to go tell uh, Sherry from Cruise Tips TV. Hey, Sherry, hope you don't mind. I just made a T-shirt. It's Cruise Tips Television. You see the difference, right? Having said all this, I didn't mind. My simple response back was, well, I don't know, but wouldn't you rather do something original? And he said, believe me, the shirts are original as can get, but... You have to realize always be booked is a common cruise term. It's a common term thrown around with cruising. Okay, you you want to lose me? There's where you lose me. Okay, so you want to tell me you want to use the hashtag? Go ahead. First of all, you don't need my permission. Go ahead, use the hashtag. But where I where you lost me, where I fell off the bandwagon, was when you told me, that always be booked is a commonplace phrase that's been used in cruising for a long time. Okay? Now, not buying it. That's garbage to me, isn't it? I don't care about I'm not looking for the for I'm not looking to get East Coast, West Coast in these streets with some cruise beef. Shows or show show shows 
shows. I'm not. I'll, I'll, I'll find out. I'll find out who they are. I'll give them a plug. Watch them if you can. If you listen, I'll, I'll I'll find out who they are and I'll post it up on Facebook. Who they are? Go go watch them if you can stand sitting through that. Go ahead. All the power to you. Yeah, I'm not above a little drama. Here we go. Let's do it. However, it's a routine. You're trying to tell me that always be well because then he said no. Me and Tony were just talking of Tony from Lalita Loca. Me and Tony were just talking about always be booked. We were saying always be booked to each other the other day. I'm like, let me explain. If you tell, if you're talking to Tony about always be booked, you, 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 it's it's ABB. It's my show. It's my space. It's my thing. That doesn't mean it's res- disrespected. It's a, It's just a. It's a reference to always be booked. That's what. I, that's what I have. He even told. I, it is what it is. So, I don't know. I don't know where 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 we're coming off here. Yes, he eventually did say, "Fine, I'll take it down," but just know that you know, always be booked is a common phrase used in cruising. Save your bullcrap, shove that right up your ass. No offense, all due respect, shove it up your ass. Come on, okay. What are we doing here, Cones? We don't lie to each other. Let's not lie to each other. All right, what else do we got here before we uh, kick this whole thing off? Did I want to cover anything else? No, uh, just a uh, spotless. All right, let's take a breath here. <laughs> uh, this coffee should be wearing off in a minute. Don't you worry. The uh, Always Be Booked Gym and Spa Facebook group. Now, if you're not, I don't want to do this here too often. I'm not going to be promoting this thing every week. I just wanted to invite anybody who doesn't. Uh, join us on the Always Be Both Cruises Ultra Lounge on Facebook. In that group, just to let you know, we are trying to motivate ourselves, each other, trying to put some accountability towards us not being fat slobs. Uh, you know, no offense to the ladies. That's how I refer to myself as a fat slob. And, you know, I say that just to kind of fat shame myself, just to hopefully just create that accountability and that motivation. So we'll see where that goes from here. But it is the Always Be ABB Gym and Spa. That's the name of the group, the ABB Gym and Spa on Facebook. If you want to join, it is us, our community, and we're kind of just motivating each other. No, no, nothing formal. There's no uh, direct competition. There's nothing uh, as far as what the specific goals are all of us. There's no prizes. What it is is just a sharing. A sharing of your numbers. I know I put my numbers up there because it's going to now motivate me to try to, you know, I guess, put on a good showing each and every week. And that will help me to do that. Uh, you know, I put recipes up there. If you like to, uh, you know, if, if something that's edible, because I, I, I'm just not a tofu guy. If there's something that has actual tastes and bears some sort of resemblance of real food that still is good for you, share it up there. There's some motivational stuff up there. Nothing gets me wanting to run through a f- freaking brick wall like the rocky soundtrack you put the rocky soundtrack on watch what happens you couldn't used to but there used to be a joke when i used to be a bartender down here in west palm i used to have to tell them to do they used to turn it on because i'd have a few in me it'd be about one o'clock in the morning i'd be all charged up and energized up and juiced up and uh you know they would put the hearts on fire you know rocky songs on and I just missed those high school football days so much because that was just the thing that kind of was like a trigger. And 
it sent me on a freaking thing. And yeah, it was half for entertainment, but th- it was almost like a part of the show for the night where I would literally start climbing the walls, climbing the ceilings, lifting kegs up, throwing them out onto the dance floor. No, you don't read. You know, no, you don't recommend this stuff. No, you don't. You're not looking back on it saying I'm proud. And yeah, that's the way to run a business. No, that's not. A, but it happened. It happened that I can't take it back. We grow through the years as a 25-year-old. This is the things you do. You got your bar towel on. You got your you know football jersey on because they used to let us create our own little characters as behind the bar. And I would just put make a football jersey and put like bar 69 on it. And I'd have a football helmet with two beverage holders in it that lead with, with straws. Um, res- not, uh, permanent straws. This is, this is, we were ahead of our time back then. These were not plastic disposable straws. These are permanent straws that would lead to your mouth and you drink and then you just have a blast. And then, yeah, I would flip at 1 a.m. We would just have like a, a little thing where they would play Rocky and then the whole bar would be looking, what the hell's going on? What's wrong with this guy? And then, yeah, we'd be back until whatever was the music back in the day at that time. What were they playing back then? Okay. You know, Rocky music and then boom. Okay. Tommy did his little show. Let's uh put the thong song back on or let's put, uh. Oh, what was the songs back then? Juvenile, back that ass up. Uh, what else? Uh, a little bit of Mardi Gras in my life. That song's like a joke now, right? That was hot back then. We're talking closing out the decade of the 90s. I hated those early 90s. Remember the early to mid 90s with those stupid flannels and that suicide music? Oh, I was a lost soul back then. What did you guys What did you? Were you guys into grunge? That grunge, Alice in Chains and... Uh, five doors left, uh, six six ways till whatever day. Uh, all that stuff just depressed me. Then forget about it. Nirvana. No, I recognize the talent. I get it. They're very talented. It's very nice. No, say no to that grunge stuff. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I did. I did. I did. You had to wear the flannels, right? You not. You can't get away with not wearing the flannel. You're not wearing the flannels. You had to wear the flannels. Dare I say, cut the sleeves off of it. You know what I mean? You, we were all, even in Long Island, we were trying to pull off that Seattle look. But no, no. I mean, uh, uh, what, what were some of those bands? What were some of the bands? Uh, I Obviously, the two big ones were were um, Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Then you had Alice in Chains, Jane's Addiction, that type of stuff. No, no, I'll jump in the river. Throw me in the river before I got to listen to that crap. I was saved when when it changed over and then Biggie started coming through with the, you know, when he came onto the scene with uh, Juicy, forget it. Then it was a new day. It was a new day. And then after that, what came? What came after that? Then, uh, you know what? Then The Rock did become bearable to me because I started enjoying some of that other music, that pop punk music then you started getting the blink 182s the sum 41s the uh you know that that type of thing you know that popular punk music uh, ocean avenue remember that one we're going down down all that stuff so i was back when it comes to that stuff so i was back in but uh yeah that's that's about it where do we how do we get there it doesn't even matter does it matter does it matter ladies and gentlemen I introduce to you the Cruise News. All right, we were just talking about the 90s, right? One of the biggest artists in the 90s, 
right? Mariah Carey. We love Mariah Carey, right? Wu-Tang Clan, old dirty bastard, right? Mariah Wu-Tang. Can you think of a song that they came up with together? This is a, You believe this, how talented I am? Them coming up with this stuff off the cuff, ladies and gentlemen. Mariah Carey came through one year with a song with old dirty bastard. Anybody know it? Give you four seconds to think about it. Yell it into the microphone. I hear you. Are you yelling? Yeah, there you go. You yelled it. You yelled it. You the couple of years. The couple of you don't have it, do you? Couple of you don't have it. Fantasy, right? And that brings us to our first little segue here: Carnival Fantasy, the oldest ship in the fleet. And the flagship for the class of ships bearing its name has unfortunately failed an inspection from the Center for Disease Control and their sanitation program. On July 18th, uh, they scored a 77 out of a possible 100. Is that right? July 17th. Anyway, it was recent. Don't quote me on the date. Let's, uh, oof. That doesn't seem right. Maybe it was right, though. Maybe it got released late. They scored a 77 out of a possible 100. You know, I would have freaking got... I would have got... My dad would have bought me something if I would have got a 77 out of 100. Uh, The minimum score, however, for cruise ships is not 65. It's 85. Now, there were 45 items found by the inspectors, and that resulted in a non-passing grade, and Carnival had to submit a corrective action report. Now, this is supposed to detail the plan of action to fix all these issues. Now, perhaps the most concerning of the 45 items was described as brown water discharged from two shower hoses in the medical center. A crew member also confirmed that they saw brown water in their shower at least twice a day. Wow, that guy's about to get clipped, huh? Uh, While this is likely some sort of a rust issue and not really what you're thinking the first time you hear brown water, uh, there's probably just some rust in the pipes. Having said that, I think we can all agree on the hierarchy of descriptions of things you don't want to hear anytime there is an inspection involved. Two of them at the top of the list are brown water and discharge. You don't ever want to hear that. That's it. Some of the other issues detailed in the report were dead flies on the food. Okay, I'll repeat that. Okay, say it again for the people in the back. Dead flies on the food. I'll tell you this. I don't know a whole lot. I'm just a kid from Long Island trying to make his way in this world. Trying to come up in this cruise podcast game. A couple of things I know. Dead flies on the food. Never good. Okay. There was also a crew member with onset gastroenteritis, gastroenteritis, gastroenterior gastronomic, gastronomitis. They did not report their symptoms to the medical staff. It's not good. Uh, that guy will probably get clipped as well, or girl, whatever. Nowadays, can you say girl? Uh, several bowls and cups in storage were soiled, ranging from slight to severe. Now, that's a wide range. Where I come from, several bowls. You know how that works. You know what I mean? You got the uh, bowls set up. You're ready to serve them. Not all of them were exactly as clean as can be. Uh, And then another issue was that there were soiled cutlery. Soiled cutlery, meaning it was used, uh, forks used with people, uh, their their mouthful orifice. Uh, They were mixed with clean pieces of cutlery. That's never good. Uh, And then in addition to the galley, there were some problems in the swimming area as well. The water level at the main pool was not splashing enough to skim the gutters. There was debris in and around the pool, and then there was a film that was visible on top of the water. 
not good. Also, there was water that was not properly directed into a drain, and then also uh, some debris and some standing water in or around the water park. Now, Carnival, they got several rebuttals to these violations and accusations, but they've also said that they have already began to take corrective action. This is good. Now, I'm not Carnival. If you're listening, I'm not picking on you. I'm reading the story. And just like in general, we all got to be held accountable. If you if you screw up, you screw up. This, believe me, don't get mad because this story is going to be a needle in a haystack. With all the great things Carnival does, you guys know I love Carnival. I always loved Carnival and fell back more in love with Carnival, dare I say, over the past month with my two ship visits and my sailing on the Carnival Paradise, which, by the way, is a fantasy class ship built in 1999, by the way, though. This thing is built in 1990. So uh, maybe a time to possibly think about, you know, uh, retiring the fantasy. You know what I mean? Think about it like this, Carnival. The quicker you retire the fantasy, the quicker you can name a new ship the same thing in the next 15 years. So maybe consider uh, consider that. Um, there was a... Re- uh, what happened? So this was a statement that was made on Cruise Radio. Shout out to Doug Parker, Cruise Radio, the gold standard, as you guys know. Uh, the spokesperson told Doug, uh, there... The results for fantasy are not reflective of our robust standards and dedication to and commitment to our guests' health and safety. And uh, I'm going to rebut that statement, and I'm going to say, excuse me, sir or madam, I, I have information for you. That is exactly what they are. They are a direct reflection on Carnival Cruise Line. When someone, this is how things work and how inspections work. When, it, when an inspector goes on the ship, inspects the ship and it says Carnival Fantasy on it, and it says Carnival, and it has that big, giant, nice red funnel, that in blue funnel that everybody loves. When you go on one of those ships, and then there's dead things on food, and there's dirty water, brown water, and things like that, and then discharge, you can't tell me that's not a reflection on Carnival. It's, a, it's the opposite of not a reflection on Carnival. It's a direct reflection on Carnival. But like I said, we're going to bounce back from this Carnival. I would cruise the Fantasy tomorrow and pay full price. Listen, these things are tough. Sometimes Carnival Fantasy is probably the cleanest ship in the world right now based on what they have to do and the PR nightmare that they're going through. They probably got people scrubbing that thing day and night. So if you want to, you could probably eat off the floor at Carnival Fantasy uh, right now. But uh, that's it. Sometimes these big corporations, I don't know, I just don't know these statements where they say it's not a reflection on Carnival. What? what? That's an insult. Stop. Sometimes these big corporations, they just got to take it on the chin and and just say we'll be better. Just say we will be better. Okay? Uh, all right, that's it. Now let's talk about the city of Venice. Uh, the city of Venice, that is in Italy, for those of you who don't know. Uh, they were in the news lately for an exaggerated report that it was banning cruise ships from entering its port. Uh, there were several stories, several media outlets, we want to say, jumped the gun a little bit, and they began reporting that the giant cruise ships that seem to, you know, love to cruise into their harbor will no longer be permitted to do so, or at least be cut down drastically. Uh, on a regular basis, Italian Transport Minister Danilo Toninelli. To- let's figure this one out. Tony Toninelli. Toninelli initially told a parliamentary hearing the other day that many of these ships could be diverted away from Venice, and this, 
as you could imagine, began to spread world, literally worldwide panic. Because think about how many people come from so many places. Again, yeah, first world problems. You can't cruise to Venice. There's bigger problems in the world. We have to always remember that. But again, some people spend 5000 8000 3000 whatever it is on a cruise because, you know what, I've never been to Venice. I love cruises, but I want Venice too. And then all of a sudden, their whole... Uh, Reason for this taking this cruise is nullified. So there was some panic. The truth is, however, no ships are banned as of now, and there is currently no official plan for any of that to take place. Um, so because of years of urban congestion and the more recent scare of a cruise ship almost hitting a dock have woken up a strong contingency of locals who are committed to limiting, if not ending in all out, the amount of cruise ships that call in Venice on a weekly basis. Uh, aside from the congestion, some of these protesters are citing things like environmental concerns. Uh, you have issues like poor air quality as a result, acid rain. See, these are things that are always associated with cruising, but they quiet down for a little while. But then when some of these protesters and the voices, uh, people who want to, I guess, elicit change, start making noises... They kind of come together and now it becomes a whole agenda and they they waken up some of these uh, other agendas that have been sleeping for so long. There is also a universally agreed upon feeling that the tourism dollars that do come to Venice as a result of these mega ships coming in, they, they don't seem to be significant enough to turn a blind eye to all these concerns from negative issues from all these locals. Now, while the issue is certain to continue to be brought to the table, Cruise Lines and Toninelli are in agreement that there is no need to jump to any conclusions right now and rush to make any decisions on closing the port or changing any of the schedules whatsoever. That's Venice. Uh, not to be confused with Venice, we're going to talk the Port of Tampa Bay. Now, the Port of Tampa Bay about three and a half hours from where I'm sitting in this chair right now, has been experiencing a quite a little bit of a renaissance lately with a commitment from the city to develop the downtown waterfront area. Now, this is uh, going to be paired very well with recent news coming from Celebrity Cruise Lines that for the first time since 2007, it will be returning to the western part of Florida for some unique sailings during the 2013 20 season slash 2021 season season uh in this the winter i believe on august 12th it was announced that celebrity constellation will deploy three alternating 10 and 11 night round trip sailings to the eastern and southern caribbean one of which will give a flyby to the panama canal now the 10 night eastern caribbean journeys will hit up san juan st kitts st martin St. Thomas and <gasps> Samana Dominican Republic. Ladies and gentlemen, they're dusting off Samana for this. I remember Samana was a regular Norwegian port of call and uh, it hasn't been as much lately, basically because, well, it's deadly and it's dangerous to go there. Now, I looked in, I looked up, I looked this up. And I saw, I wanted to see, is Samana actually a viable port? Is it frequently visited? And no, like major cruise lines don't really go there. Some of the ultra luxury cruise lines go there and they do that maybe on a, maybe five or six times, uh, 
you know, a month. The schedule has dwindled a lot for Samana. And I remember when I first burst onto the cruising scene, excuse me, it seemed like it was much more, I guess, a regular stop. I had the disaster in Samana. I'm not going to get into it right now, but I'll just tell you what are the highlights? Uh, awful, awful uh, poverty, uh, projectile vomit from trying the food there. And harassment from the vendors. Now, I know Nassau harassment. You guys talk crap about Nassau harassment. Go to Samana Dominican Republic and experience the desperation there. And bless these people because you know what? It is fueled by desperation. And that is not their fault. However, 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 you shouldn't really go there. It, these cruise ships should not be going there. But hey, listen, if you're going to jump on any of these 10-night Eastern Caribbean journeys, they sound amazing. Just stay on the ship in Samana. Samana? Samana. I'm going to tell you right now, we were going to get off the ship, me and the lovely, crazy, whacked-out, legendary Sony. We were about to get off the ship. You do have to tender. And to a person from the tender boat, people were saying, turn around. Do not get off the ship. Go back to your room. Go to the pool deck. Go get something to eat. Do not get on this tender boat and go to Samana. We laughed. We smiled. We nodded. We thanked them for their advice. We got on the tender boat, and they said, don't say we didn't warn you. Those people, we should have listened. That's all I'll say. Now, when she heads south, we're talking about that we're back to the celebrity constellation here. When she heads south, she's going to be calling it Key West, Bonaire, Aruba, Curacao, and Grand Cayman. She's also going to be doing what they call a touch canal itinerary, which will sail to Cozumel, Costa Rica, the Panama Canal. I guess we'll do like a partial crossing or just maybe a dip. We'll dip our toe. In the Panama Canal, uh, we're going to see Cartagena on this one and Grand Cayman. All of this is very exciting for the Tampa Bay area because this is sort of a trifecta of upgrades that are taking place place all at once. The announcement of brand new celebrity sailings, which everybody's excited about because they haven't been there since 2007, a refurbished waterfront in Tampa Bay, and the celebrity constellation itself is undergoing a massive modernization. All of these things are happening at once, and it should contribute to quite a boom for the uh, central Gulf Coast of Florida as it pertains to cruising. The city of Tampa is showing their commitment to a revitalized waterfront by putting a whopping, I said whopping, three, that just made me hungry for a whopper. That's how you know when you're a slob. You can't say the word whopping without wanting to stuff yourself with fast freaking food. And this is what's happening when you're on this diet and you're actually trying to stick to it. So it's $3 billion into its Water Street project. The area down there as a whole seems to be getting a great deal of support. Tampa recently completed the Tampa River Walk, which was funded mostly by a private money, uh, I guess, uh, project. And its historic Ybor City was recently modernized as well. All of this should add up to some great cruise traffic out of Tampa. We have a quote from Port Tampa Bay's president and CEO, Paul Anderson. Here we go. We are very excited to welcome celebrity cruises to Tampa Bay to the Tampa Bay market. 
In 2020, Celebrity Cruises will offer a variety of itineraries from Tampa that will include stops at exotic locations in the Southern Caribbean and in the Eastern Caribbean. The addition of this premium brand to the explosive growth that Tampa Bay is experiencing will add extraordinary adventure to the many choices vacationers have in Tampa Bay. Of course, right? Would you expect them to say anything else? I want one time I would love it if they just were honest. Ladies and gentlemen, Celebrity, for the first time since 2007, will be sailing out of Tampa Bay. They're sending us the Constellation, which is almost like a consolation, like a consolation prize. Because clearly, we'd rather have a much newer ship. You know what I mean? Uh, we, we, we'd much, we, we, what's, the, uh, the, what's the ship? The Edge. We'd much rather have the Edge. We can't get the Edge. So we, will, we are excited to settle for the Constellation. All right. Moving on. Pier Runners. Peer runners, where you at? Stand up. All my peer runners, stand up. Come on. Worldwide peer runners, it's time to rejoice. Depending upon what you want out of your private island, Half Moon K, I'm saying K, okay? Deal with it. Has been one of the most popular destinations in the world for people who want that shut it down style beach day. I don't know what it is about the popular Carnival Cruise Corporation owned destination, but unlike some of its counterparts, yes. I'm looking at you, Great Stirrup. This one seems to be a fan favorite since 1996 when it was purchased by Holland America Cruise Line. Since then, and we know, all know the deal, Holland America is part of Carnival Corporation, not to be confused with Carnival Cruise Line. Since then, it has been shared by several of Carnival Carnival's brands, and uh, like the sentiment posted on its most photographed piece of signage, the guests seem to wish they could stay forever. The small island, formerly known as Little San Salvador, is thought to be just perfect the way it is by many people, but apparently no news is not always good news, and Cruise Radio has recently reported that this little piece of paradise is about to get a pier. In addition to the pier, the Bahamas approved the development of an additional piece of land between the current beach slash recreational area and the future site of the pier. So they're branching out in general. This is a project that will cost a total of $80 million. Dare I say whopping? I don't know. Should I go whopping? No, I'll go whopping. It's got to be for me. If you're going to go whopping, you're talking billion. So I'm going to reserve. I'm going to scale back. We're not going to go whopping. We're just going to go uh, staggering, staggering $80 million upon completion. And uh, as we continue to scramble for superlatives, uh, it's mind boggling. Since Carnival purchased this land back in 90, 1996, as we said, for you want to guess? Want to guess how much they paid for the land originally? A modest. We're going modest now, $6 million. While this may seem like a no-brainer, to me at least, it definitely does, there is a faction of the cruising community that prefer Half Moon K stay just the way it is. There is a thought process that will lead to more that this will lead to more commercialization of the remote destination, and they don't want to see it go the way of what Royal Caribbean did with Coco K. Uh, I don't think it's arguable that it's un- uh, impressive, uh, it's beautiful, Coco Cay. The the buildup of these islands and you know almost like making making them look like theme parks is is impressive to everybody undoubtedly. But there are a lot of people who prefer their private islands to remain just that private and not go the way of the modern day theme park. Also, a common concern is the elimination of that obligatory yet iconic photo op of your ship majestically floating out in the distance as you relax from the beach. 
Let us know what you think. Do you prefer these private islands to just say stay just relaxing like an oasis like nice and calm and and just almost like a uh, you know just a place to shut it down or do you like when they labadize or coca 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 kais these islands let me know tommy at alwaysbebooked.com did i mention before that i was kidding i wasn't really going to try to start a gang violence war against uh show the uh, youtube channel the show shows mr shows shows vacations i don't remember what the name is and i'm not looking it up right now something about shows i think that's the name ironically because it's a show and the name is shows with an s not plural multiple uh pieces of programming on radio or television shows as in the last name uh but I was kidding. I'm really not going to. I really have no anger towards them whatsoever. I harbor no ill will. The whole thing is just a joke. I, th- I think I forgot to say that. They may have just heard that part. And then they didn't hear this part. So they think I'm serious. And then I'll, to that, I'll just say who cares. But I am kidding. Um, and that's about it in the news. Let's get into the main topic. I'm excited, man. Let's bring Nick in. Nick is joining us for the show. This was recording when I. This was recorded when I haven't had nearly the amount of level of caffeine that I have right now. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Get ready. We're going to play this right now, and it is a much more subdued version of myself with the handsome Nick, Big Nick, as I sometimes call him twice a year. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Always be booked podcast. We have a guest, a very special guest on the line with us. Say hi to Big Nick. Nick, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Tommy? What's up, Cones? How's everyone doing? You know, I think I did it again. I think that's the second time I did it. I, I called you Big Nick, and we've been friends for 10 years. I don't think I've ever never called, called me that in, no. my, in my life. And I think I did that on the last podcast, too. I think I just called you Big Nick. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. I think you did it on the third part podcast we did too that never aired because we forgot to hit record. I forgot. Oh yeah, if you guys right before you left for the first time or the second, I can't keep keep track how many times you leave New York these days. But yeah, right right before you left, we recorded a really cool podcast. It was getting getting heated a little bit, and then you looked at me and you're like, um, "We're not recording." So. That that's probably for the probably for the best. Yeah, because that was one of the ones I remember. I don't even remember what the content was, but I do remember debating. I don't know if I could actually air that or not. I think no. Uh, I I remember I remember saying something because we were like making a point, and then afterwards thinking like you know when people hear what I just said and they don't understand the full meaning of it, I'm gonna get crushed. And I was like, you know what? Let's not. Can we edit that? <laughs> And then yeah, we edited it all right. <laughs> I think I said yeah, yeah. That's the ultimate, the ultimate edit. <laughs> I think I said something about like. Well, here, well, all right. I think we were talking about like um, uh, pets, like uh, yes, emotional yes. support animals, and I went off on this Correct. Like, tangent. And then like I was trying to prove a point, and then like afterwards, like man, I just sound like a son of a bee. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. Yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, that what it was. I thought we were worried about Peter coming after us or something. It was during the Royal Caribbean when they said uh, no more emotional support animals. But yeah, maybe we just leave that on the. Maybe that fell on the cutting room floor for a reason. I guess maybe. Yeah, good, good call. All right, so here we are with Nick, and Nick, you may re- uh, 
Cones, you may remember Nick. One of the, my favorite episodes of all time. Me and Nick came over. We went. We got a bottle. Of, what was that? We were drinking Johnny Blue that night, right? We were drinking, yeah, Johnny Blue. The good stuff. So we got a, opened up a bottle of scotch, and we just started smashing it. Uh, we just started going to town on it. And it wasn't necessarily something that we planned that we were going to get drunk and do a podcast, but... We just opened up the Johnny Walker Black and things started how Johnny Walker Blue and things started going. Nick is a fairly seasoned cruiser, and we've gone on a few cruises together. I can say if I have four of my favorite cruises, uh, Nick was on two of them. If I could say even maybe top three or four cruises, Nick was on two of them. Um, I could also say that Nick was probably on. If I had to pick one out that I least liked, Nick was on that one too, though. So. But uh, my thing was for this episode, I wanted to talk and, you know, we've been talking a lot about, we were on a little bit of a carnival kick lately. And I've been kind of, I guess, going back in a time machine of my cruising career. You know, everybody knows that I've strayed a little bit. I've done some Royal Caribbean, multiple Royal Caribbeans, multiple Norwegians. And even when I did end up on carnival, it was on the horizon, which to me is not a carnival as we know it the carnival heyday it's not a it's not a carnival ship it is a completely new design a whole bunch of bells and whistles and things like that the purpose of this podcast is people often ask me why the splendor now i said a couple of maybe a year or two ago that uh the norwegian escape overtook my i guess number one spot as far as my favorite cruise ship Guys, I think I'm going back to the Splendor. I think really the Splendor is just, it kind of has my heart. And you might initially say that, yeah, okay, that's sentimental value, Tommy. But there is more than sentimental and nostalgia to it. It's It really is one of my favorite ships. And Nick was on board for three of those sailings on Carnival Splendor. And I just really wanted to maybe... Do a little, I guess I'll fill in some of the nuts and bolts and the details of why I love this ship and why I truly do think it is a special ship. It's not a run-of-the-mill carnival ship, not a run-of-the-mill ship in any sense of the word. And Nick will kind of maybe just jump in here and there and, and, and talk about his experience on the Carnival Splendid. How's that sound, Nick? Yeah, let's do it. So... I guess the first time I entered the Splendor was because of the fact that, and it, you were on it, uh, the Miracle was my first ship, and it left New York to go to the West Coast. So we end up on the Splendor, and I didn't really understand, know what I was getting into. I didn't really know if there was a whole huge difference in the Carnival Splendor to the Miracle. Uh, I didn't, you know, didn't have my sea legs under me yet. But uh, it was, it was a, it was a free cruise. And I tapped in, tapped into Nick. I was like, Nick, you want to go? And Nick was, uh, Nick, what, do you remember what, any of the details of what surrounded me and you ending up on that ship together? Well, well I remember the first cruise you went on. I think it was you and uh, Handsome Dancing Stu. Uh, and you were like, trying to get me to go on. And I just, you know, didn't have the money. I didn't. I had no idea what, what you know, what came with a uh, the cruise <laughs> with I'm the cruise with friend, me and I'm still friends that i haven't talked to in five years saying hey man you want to go on a cruise with me and they're like who is this uh <laughs> so you so you went on the cruise and when you came back you had um uh ceremoniously won yourself a free cruise at the casino yeah. and you're like and you basically are like hey it's paid for you just gotta i mean we're leaving from new york you basically just gotta bring some spending money I was like, all right, I'm down with that. Why not? It was just it was just me and you. Yeah. Um, 
and then that was my first ever cruise. So you got to remember that I don't, I don't know anything about cruising, cruise ships, the the way of this world. I know nothing. And the Splendor was my first ship, so I got spoiled. I feel like it's fair to include the fact that you may have been swayed a little bit by the fact that okay, this guy just got off a cruise. Sounds like he. I'm going to guess that he had a good time since he turned our entire bar, restaurant, nightclub into a cruise ship every Friday and, uh, Friday night. Yeah, that was awesome. When you, I was so jealous. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm too old to use the word FOMO, but that's what it was. I mean, when you came out, um, when you came back from that first cruise and you were just you turned the, the bar into a Lido deck. And it was just like, I don't know what the hell just happened, but I want a part of that. Something happened, uh, good, good, negative and positive, but uh, something happened with that, and there was just a wave of excitement. I just went online. I went to a party store online. I draped the railings with all kind of like the – I turned our railings into cruise ship railings like off the side of the ship. I got a bunch of decorations. I bought a captain's outfit. I was running around in a captain's outfit. And then the girls are like, well, we want to get involved. Uh, they literally, one runs out to H&M, which is down the block. It's a bikini. They're wearing bikinis. And it's just the whole thing just turned. Stu, of course, he's the Matthew McConaughey of the bar industry. Any chance to take my shirt off, I'm, 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 all, I'm all about it. So uh, it was it was kind of cool. And really, yeah, I think probably I would guess that, you, you know, this is this got to be. We got the pina colada machine going. Yeah, we set great. up a pina colada station behind the DJ booth. And a baby pool. Yeah. Yeah, so which which in retrospect was probably a bad idea, but you know what? We're having a nice time. It's a bad idea. It's absolutely a bad idea that I would do again tomorrow. But the thing is, yeah. <laughs> so we enter we enter this cruise ship, and and let me ask you for if you can kind of I guess go back in the uh, vaults of your memory, what's left of it. Is there anything that you can uh, say? Because we didn't really even talk about this. Like when you first got on a cruise ship, would you? Were you like, holy crap, this is like uh, something different, something that I didn't expect? Were you, or were you like, oh, yeah, this is, I heard about cruises. This is pretty much what I thought it was. Oh, no, I no, I didn't have any. Well, I don't think it would be fair for me to say I didn't have any idea because you painted a good picture uh, after your first one. But I had never been on anything remotely like that. And I was just in such a good mood that I was, I was just taking everything in as it comes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when I walked on, like, cause you even said, you even said to me right before we like got out of the cab, you said, when you take that first step onto the ship after like from dock to ship, you just, you'll feel this wave of like excitement. Yeah. And I did, man. I totally did. You were in front of me. You did it. I did it. Then they're taking pictures of us. And I just felt like this was like, I can't even explain that feeling of like, just, wow, I'm on a floating vacation yeah and everyone here is here to have a nice time i you know it's like you know uh, you know claudia says this to me now it's like every time we get out of the city i completely turn into a different person because i'm nice and i talk to strangers you know you're in new york city you don't want to talk to anybody i mean leave me alone i don't care leave me alone don't oh it's an unspoken thing it's, it's it's actually it's actually doing a courtesy being rude in new york city is actually you giving the courtesy of being rude you're you're doing them a favor by not looking them in the eye not speaking to them not engaging it's you look down and that's that's called being polite in new york yeah and then you get on the cruise ship and everyone's just everyone's there just everybody is just cheesing from ear to ear and it's like we're about to have a nice time together let's see what happens and you know, we had 
couple bottles of booze smuggled in our bag. So we we're like, let's just let's just get after it. And it was, I mean, that was, I tell you, like I, I can't express this enough. I got so spoiled from that first cruise, and then the second cruise on the Splendor. Not to jump ahead, that was like we've said before. Those two cruises were night and day. Yeah, but like literally, literally, figuratively, but literally speaking, night and day. First cruise party was at night. Second cruise party was in the day for different reasons, and it was just. And the I think the point of what we're talking about is just the space of that ship, and the little nooks, and just the area, and just where you could go. That's that's what made that's what makes this ship, in my opinion, you know, one a, of the a great ship. Now there's yeah. there's a couple of things here at play. So the Carnival Splendor, I think it was built 2006. I'm not if I'm not mistaken. And there's an interesting story about the Carnival Splendor. I don't know if you know this or not, Nick, but first of all, Carnival Splendor, just to start out the uniqueness of it, it is the only ship that is its only ship in its class in the Carnival fleet. So every other ship is a part of a class. Carnival Splendor is not. It's the Carnival Splendor class, and it's the only ship within the class. Um, now, you could say, what's the reason for that? Uh, I, I th- This is what I heard. This is what This is actual fact. Carnival Splendor was not supposed to be a Carnival cruise ship at all. It was supposed to be a Costa cruise ship. And it had a sister, uh, and the uh, replica of Carnival Splendor is the Costa Concordia. And that is the ship that sank. Did you did you know that? No. Yeah. So there was one sister to the Carnival Splendor, and it wasn't even in Costa Cruise Line, because Costa is owned by Carnival as well. Last minute, they decided, let's take this ship and move it to Carnival, and that's what happened. They was like, I don't know what if they liked the ship or not. I don't know what the reason was. You know what? I'm going to do a little homework on that and find out. But so well, that, Probably because it, that's the one that actually floats. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a captain issue on the other one. That captain was uh, clearly didn't have all his marbles. He decided he was going to be loyal to his uh, first mate or whatever. And because they were sailing by his hometown past Italy, he said, let's do like a little bit of, uh, I guess, the nautical version of a flyby. They got a little, <laughs> yeah, they got a little too close and they ripped the hull apart. And, uh, yeah, basically within a, a couple of hours, there were people just swimming. 30 people uh, tragically lost their lives. But, man, you want to talk about, uh, uh, I guess it wasn't even a rescue issue. It was fend for yourself because it wasn't, from what I understood, it wasn't a whole lot of lifeboat stuff going on. It was because the ship was listing so bad. They ended up having to, most of them having, having to swim back to shore. And, uh, yeah, so that was, so that's the first, let's just start from scratch. There is only one Carnival Splendor class of ships. And what I realized also is that I was just on the Carnival Liberty, and that is part of the, um, ability, what is it? Is it the Freedom Class? I think it's called the Freedom Class. And, uh, the, the, is it, it may not be the Freedom Class. I'm not sure the name of the class, but it's the Victory, uh, not the Victory. The Victory went over to the Radiance Class. Um. Anyway, a couple of different the the Valor ships like that. Carnival Splendor was the next ship after that class, and you know what is? Uh, you probably know what my favorite part of the ship is, right, Nick? The aft, right? Adults yeah. only. Yeah, well, the pool in the aft it has become adults only. But what's crazy? I kind of just they kind of just after a while these ships sort of run together on you. But yeah, the Carnival aft as we know it as it's built like that it's the first one is on carnival splendor like they 
uh, on the Carnival Liberty and things like that that I was just on, that was the class that was previously built to that. They have an aft pool, but it is fully enclosed with a sunroof. You know what I mean? So you feel like you're inside, and you know the difference between even like the Splendor. You know, there's a difference between a real Lido deck and then the Splendor, which has that cover. But they, I guess that's an interesting piece. They took that back Lido deck that Carnival had been known for, where it's on the aft portion of the ship, it's fairly it, it's fairly covered in general when it's open because you know you have the bar area, seating area that's covered just twenty four seven. But then they have the retractable roof that goes over that, and that's just been commonplace on those Carnival ships. Splendor was the first cruise ship where they just ripped that whole feature apart and made it completely open air in the back. And um, I gotta tell you, I, I since they did that. I'm pissed off if another cruise ship is ever built without that. You know, you know, you've heard me say that before. Yeah, it's like I mean, if you, if you've ever you know drove down the highway in a convertible or with the windows wide open and your hair blowing in the breeze, like that's what it's like back there. You know, like you're you're on the back of the ship, you got the breeze coming, you're you're whipping down the ocean, and then for my money, it's adults only. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it and it's built and that's the thing and that's the thing about the ship is it's built perfectly. Like you have you have the pool, then you got two hot tubs surrounding the pool, then you got a bar right to the right, then you got like a, a sandwich shop that's open up the entire time, and then they just like bring out appetizers all day long and just like put them on a, out on the table. It's you just like why would you want to go anywhere else on the ship? During the day. Yeah, it's true. And Doug asked me because we were on the Carnival Horizon inaugural, and Doug uh, caught up with me for a second, Doug Parker of Cruise Radio. He uh, sat me down, and he's like, well, you love these Fs. What, what is – and I just said, still the Splendor is my favorite aft. This is definitely – he's like, I don't understand. What is what is better about this aft than the Splendor? I mean, than the Splendor, than this aft. And I'm like – if you go up, just look up pictures. If you know what, when you go to a certain bar, or lounge, or restaurant, what you know, it's not always the food. It's sometimes it's the ambiance, the decor, the layout, and things like that. And that is no different with the Splendor. If you just, I guess, if you're standing on top where the Pinnacle Steakhouse is and looking down, just the cornered off, um, I guess, just the sleekness of how it looks and the blue that's out there, and just the way the pool is laid out. You have the bar to, you know, if you're facing aft, the bar is to the right, perfectly placed to where you barely have to get out, if at all, you know, if you want to get your drink. And if you really don't, because there's people out there that will bring you drinks. It's great. And, um, that to me, it's it's still great. I love the fact that I'm not going to complain. I'm so glad that Horizon and you know Vista and all these things continued on with the open air aft. But no, it's definitely not the same. It's not quite the same level as the um, as as the aft on Carnival Splendor. So that's just a unique feature of the ship. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just just search some pictures online. It just seems like a place. I've put put a couple up there. I have not. I've been I've been asking around for some people on the Splendor. Can you get a good shot of it? I, when I'm on there, I never really thought to just get the perfect shot of it because it's been so long since I've been on the Splendor. But it was amazing. And then you know what what all what what all went on back there? What are some of the crazy stuff that we did back there aside from the relaxing and drinking? But, we had like events. Think, think about this, Tommy. Think about how you would get to the aft. It's like the scene in Goodfellas when he's walking through the kitchen to get to his table. You gotta walk through the dining area, like yeah. there's like, like we called it Eaton Park because of the you know the the diner in Pittsburgh. Yeah. But it's like walking through a Denny's. You gotta like walk through where everyone's eating dinner and or lunch and breakfast, and you walk through that, and then like the doors open, and you're on this like almost like a hidden part of the ship 
that no one knows about. And it's just like, oh, adults only, come and have a nice time. And then we just, you know, it was just, it, it was, it was awesome. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. Didn't have to, we didn't, it didn't have to go anywhere else. And, and it's interesting, too, because you could see the psychology of it, because Carnival must have felt like they were missing something. They must have felt like they were taking a risk by removing that retractable roof, right? Because now yeah. if you're just thinking it through, they took that retractable roof and put it on the actual main Lido deck. So what they were, their philosophy on the aft pool, having this retractable roof the whole time, and the Lido deck was open, they ripped the the retractable roof off the back, but then they must have been like, "Oh, we we still need a retractable roof." All right, screw it. Let's just put it on the freaking Lido deck, and uh, that it's just interesting when you look back and you think, and that must have been the psychology of it. Yeah, I, I think they just thought it would be easier to close the the aft. Yeah, you know, keep everyone in the Lido deck. You got bad weather. You got the big screen there. You know, you got all the all the, the tables and the two restaurants everyone can hang out there kids and adults and if it's bad weather don't worry about the back of the ship but yeah. you know i don't know i mean that was it's a small and it, area it and it makes sense like it, got, it never seemed like it got busy back there either right and that's the the weird part is too because like you uh you think you look you look at a cruise ship and there's a couple of one classes the other one that comes to mind is the norwegian epic and that was i mean a very very celebrated ship came out it was one of the biggest things if not the biggest thing at sea certainly the biggest norwegian cruise ship it's called the norwegian epic it better be big so they didn't build another epic they went right into the breakaway and uh that's to me that's just fascinating because carnival did the same thing with splendor and you have to think that in the mind of the cruise line when that happens there's no other real reason for it they're not really caring they want money so they're not worried about the vintageness or the ship is so great we can't even duplicate it that's not what it is you have to think in their mind it they look at it as a mistake ship you know what i mean they they probably looked at that as a mistake well, what are we doing here all right we overthought this we took the retractable roof we took it off the bag we put it up front you know do we really need a retractable roof do we need to re- so i think they looked at it as a mistake and i think w- what came from the mistake is just a vintage classic cruise ship uh what other uh unique things about the splendor are there okay so this is the first cruise ship ever to um introduce the spa cabins like a real extensive thermal spa and spa cabins you had a quick little brush with the spa right i don't know if you spent a whole lot of time i think i convinced you to come in once and you uh you you almost jumped over you almost jumped overboard uh uh no we were there they were uh, the one the one uh part of it the fresh water something wasn't working Oh, the thalassotherapy like, pool was a little yeah. wasn't and it wasn't thalassal. Like the everybody on the everybody <laughs> everybody on the ship was like signing a petition. Day three, people were like knocking on your cabin door, like, "Hey, sign a petition to get a free." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I was there for a little bit. You know, I, I mean, it was really nice, but like, I didn't. I didn't pay for that, so I was like, eh, I'm not, I don't need it. Right, yeah. No, but it was like, yeah, because I, I purchased it, and then you didn't get the car, but I was like, try the steam room, but then you were like, get me out of this freaking steam room. Um, but in general, man, what a what a sailing. Just, I, I should do that as almost like, as I'm listening and talking to you and kind of going back and forth, I'm like, we should just like do like sailing, classic sailings, like, you know, like like a like a sometimes a classic fights will be repeated on ESPN or whatever. Remember this night? This was a classic sailing. I mean, we made we had a we had a legitimate crew on that cruise ship, didn't we? 
The first one, yeah. I mean, that first one, like we we've talked about before. That first one was it was like spring break, a bunch of a uh, bunch of like younger college kids, um, and then like there was a bunch of like older adults just looking to have a good time too. And it was just like it was everywhere you went, every one of those little dingy little parties that they're throwing, people were there having a good time. I mean, you go to you go to karaoke, and it was like place was packed. And then you go, and that's another thing about this ship that I don't know if you're going to get into, but like the nightclub was a nightclub. Perfect, perfect, the perfect nightclub layout on any cruise ship I've it ever seen. It wasn't like we what we were on the one where Claudia was the uh, the magicians oh. or the ju- the juggler, but uh, I don't know which one that was. That was the Carnival, formerly the Carnival Destiny. They transformed it into the Carnival Sunshine, and I'm going to agree with you a hundred percent. And Carnival, I hope. I think they did. I hope they realized this is that the nightclub disco discotheque, whatever term you want to throw at it nautically, it doesn't work in the main show lounge. It just can't yeah, happen. They have to like realize you, that. You felt like it was, you know, the high school dance in the gymnasium. Yeah. Like it was, you know, it just, I don't know. It just didn't have that DJ. Feel like how that. lonely did that DJ look on that huge stage? Yeah. Like, and that's, you know, you, these DJs are supposed to get the party going and, you know, they're supposed to be like, I know they're off in a little booth, but when they're in the middle of the room, they get a better vibe and better feel of what's going on. And like the, the bartenders were cool. Like the bartenders got, they felt like they were bartenders at a nightclub, not yeah. just, oh, it's my shift in this room right now. You know, it was cool. Um, I think they, I think they realized it. I think they knew it because they did it on the Vista. They did it on the ship that we were on, the Sunshine. They did it on a couple of ships where they would just put the nightclub. Screw it. They just put the nightclub in the in the in the main theater, and we'll just. They made the seats movable from so many levels that just didn't work because on the Splendor, how that theater was laid out, how you could just sit there. And me and you, we're you know we've had a we've had a sandwich or two in our day. I, I think it's fair to say, and like. You can just kind of just spread out, and you have that little table. Every little seat has like a a two or three drink table in front of it, and you just felt like you had so much room. You could walk up and down the aisles without bothering anybody. They changed that whole concept and made it a bunch of chairs so that they can remove them for the nightclub. So it hurts the theater, A, and B, it hurts the nightclub because that's not built for a nightclub. And they really should have done more research on that. But it looks like they did realize that to the extent that they overcorrected on the horizon where they put the nightclub in the comedy club. Still not perfectly ideal, but way, way better. But they realized how wrong they are because they didn't put a bar on the horizon. They didn't put a bar in the comedy club. They realized this is so ridiculous of a mistake. We're going to put it in there despite us not having a bar in there. And we're going to put a rollaway bar in there, wedding style. So that's how you get your drink in the nightclub on the Carnival Horizon. So it seems like they know what they're doing. They knew what they're doing. I'm interested to see if that is the layout on the newest and final Vista Clash ship, ship, which is the Carnival Panorama that I believe is coming out or it's out recently out or it's coming out very, very soon. Well, but that's you know what that's the thing you, you you bring up the the comedy club and we're talking about you know the night like every room in the splendor was like it was designed perfectly for that room the comedy club in the splendor was was great yeah. you know I, someone who's been spent a lot of time in comedy clubs on land you know you that was one of the best setting of a comedy club that I've ever been in yeah, you know the, the ceilings were low, the seats were put out perfectly, the bar was off to the side, everybody was facing the stage, and like that was 
it was great, and that's what it was. It, it was a comedy club and nothing else. The nightclub was a nightclub and nothing else. There was no bowling alley in it. It didn't turn into you know an art gallery. It was that's what it was, you know. And then and then where the the piano bar, which mean you spent entirely way too much time there. <laughs> that was and that you know the piano was right in the middle of the room. The bar was off to the side, and it was just perfect. And that's all it was. It was just the piano bar. Yeah, you know, and it was just like, oh, this is just so everywhere you went on that ship. I got, I got, st- I got to like, stop you, you for know, one second. I got to stop you now, Nick. I, I, of course, I'm probably over the top by this. I'm probably, you know, lo- looking at us like we're too, we're too important, or you're too important. But I feel like Michelle Branch hadn't been on my radar in about a decade and a half. And all of a sudden, I don't know what it was, but she was given new life that night at that piano bar. Is that is that fair to say? I would like I would like to think I would like to think that's true for sure. For sure. <laughs> by the way, by the way, just a small disclaimer. Uh, she just recently got married in New Orleans, How like within dare. the last year. And people keep calling and texting me saying, Hey man, sorry to hear your girl got married. I'm like, you know, I don't like have a celebrity crush on her. I enjoy her music. Like, good. I'm glad she's happy. I hope she makes good music. Like, <laughs> getting phone calls. Hey, man, I heard the bad news. What are you talking about? That was the funnest time for me. I mean, Nick, you were kind of just enjoying yourself on the cruise. I know that. I, I was just like, uh, you know, and Nick, Nick was Nick was boozing heavy. I just, I personally really just enjoyed the whole uh, logistics of the room. Like you said, there was. For some reason, it was scared. We were scared too because we thought there was going to be nothing but Canadian people on the cruise because they were doing all the announcements in French. We were like, "What cruise did we book oh, yeah. here?" It was definitely heavy Montreal. Yeah, and then out of nowhere, there was heavy Montreal, but then it was also heavy pocket. It was pocket. It was a pocketerium, and we're in the um, we're we're in the piano bar, and you know, there's thankfully they get this Justin Timberlake looking kid to play the piano. And this kid was like a magnet, and all the you know girls would just flock to him. And it was a it was like a it yeah. was like a kangaroo exhibit. Pockets yeah. everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> that was well done. Either way, it was just like they were flooding into this piano bar, and as long as you get your seat early, you could pretty much guarantee yourself that you know they're not here for you or me, clearly, but they're here. And this guy. He's got a piano between me, them and him and himself and them, and we don't. So we, uh, you know, I myself personally was just a, it was a little bit of a, a little bit of a fish in a barrel type of a scenario, and it was a good time. But um, so that was the uh, that was the piano bar. I know the the cones continuously ask me whether it's email, whether it's on Facebook, and they want to know. And hopefully, you can kind of give a little clarity on this. What is Green Cup Monday? So. So we, let's see, I think it was the third day, maybe the third day. It was the first we, or second uh, full C day, yeah. Yeah, it was the second full, because we hadn't, because the day after Green Tuesday was our first um, excursion, and I barely got off the ship because of it. But uh, So basically, Sunday, Sunday night, first night, off, first night on, I guess, and uh, we just had a nice time. Taken in everything, um, drank, did some, you know, some uh, cabin drinking. Then we went out, found some, found fifteen, and uh, 
the next day when I woke up, I woke up early and went down to breakfast, which I, you know, I never did, but I was still, I was still crushed. I was, I was hammered from the night before. And I grabbed one of those green plastic cups and I'm just like carrying around with me, uh, just, you know, getting water everywhere I went. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep, I'm not, I don't want to see this hangover. So I'm going to start drinking. And I started drinking at like noon and I'm ordering all my drinks and I decide that I'm going to get every single one of my drinks that day and pour it into the green cup because it's green cup Monday. Yeah. And I just started just telling everybody around, it's like, Hey, green cup Monday. And I looked at you like, let's try to get this entire boat. And I said, boat. <laughs> I said, let's get this entire boat drinking out of green cups today. And you looked at me like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just wasn't there yet. I realized yeah. I had to get there. I got to go. I yeah. was like, this is not a, you know, not, we're not taking off. There's no taking off here because we're going to have to, we, we're not going to beat them. So we're going to have to join them. <laughs> yeah. And it was, uh, it was like, I think it was like Thursday when we were, um, to, to really to really get the justification of the Green Cup Monday, it was like Thursday. We're talking to everybody on the ship, and like I had people coming up to me, like older couples and families coming up to me, like they're laughing, they're like, "Oh, we got a good picture of you. How was Green Cup Monday?" I was like, "I don't even know who you are, lady." Yeah. It's like, <laughs> that is the worst because it is such a controlled, <laughs> confined environment, and you do, yeah. you do meet people when you're when you're when you're almost in the neighborhood of fifteen or or sort of about to find fifteen. And, uh, you know, that's the problem. You meet the people and uh, you don't always remember them. And uh, you may have had a great, nice moment with them. I was That happens with me mostly in the casino. I remember yeah. I remember being in the casino once and I'm playing blackjack. And I guess I did have a good night. I did realize I woke up with a good amount of money, more than I had. And, um, you know, there was a guy who sat down next to me. He's like, what's up, buddy? We ready to do this again? And I'm like, oh, boy. So yeah. I, I start playing, and he starts talking to the dealer on my behalf. The dealer's pulling out sixes, and he's then he's pulling out tays. Like he's he's trash talking the dealer. Oh, you're gonna try to pull a blackjack on this guy? You don't know who you're messing with. You don't. And I don't even <laughs> I don't even know who this guy is. I don't even remember what happened. But you know what's great about that though, and you can say this about just about vacation in general but you know especially a cruise ship because it is like a floating city little town that you you know you, you do end up knowing everyone by the end of it almost like there's been night there's been plenty of nights when we've been working and we're throwing the party and then one thing leads to another you wake up the next day and you're like what happened do i still have a job do i gotta <laughs> call everyone i know and apologize or do i still have friends like i don't know you know like i don't know things got a little out of hand it's not like that with cruises. Like you may like I woke up on the the Green Cup Tuesday and I was like I hate my life. But they call that boxing when, boxing day. Yeah, when, when when people were coming up to me on Thursday like oh we got a picture of you. It was I knew I was in such a good mood and having happy fun Nick just running around having a good time not causing any trouble. Everyone everyone there together was just just you know just enjoying our company and that's the that's the thing that makes it like yeah, we can we can let loose and we usually don't have to worry about it. Now that yeah. one cruise we went on, I don't want to get off on a, a different topic, but it was I believe it was Royal. It was uh, the third one we went on. Uh, it was definitely not Carnival. It was um, Norwegian. I don't know, it was uh, uh, yeah. It was the first time I when I ruined yeah that was uh, on the gem Chris yeah yeah that one got a little that one got a little murky yeah that one was uh, <laughs> wake up the next day and like did Chris punch somebody I'm not sure yeah. why I have to. <laughs> You know, 
the security know our names, so. But well, anyways. speaking of that, security know our names. We had I had a love hate relationship with a particular security guard on the on the Splendor. Yeah, he loved to hate you. Yeah, <laughs> he had a. Well, we, in fairness, we were we were redecorating the entire ship. You know, those rubber tree plants weren't supposed to be moved from one area to the next, but. <laughs> oh, I, and, I, and I fully committed too. And I, I was, t- yeah. I was pulling the full-on floor-potted plant from the, you know, one room into the casino, and, you know, I think I tried to get the the um, the, the the lounger from the Lido deck onto to the nightclub. I was I was yeah. trying to see if I could make that happen, and uh, he looked at me. He looked at me and said, "What's he doing?" I go, yeah. "I don't know, redecorating." <laughs> and, and he yeah. looked at you and then like, he's like, "Hey." It doesn't go in there. He goes, you're Knock disrespecting the ship. I'm like, I'm disrespecting this ship, sir. You're telling me I'm this. You want to call you? You of all people who see the same thing each and every day, every sailing after sailing. I'm trying to bring new life to these rooms and these venues, and you're going to have the nerve to say I'm disrespecting the ship. I actually literally p- p- pulled that off. I actually didn't pull it off. He didn't buy it, but I actually tried to. I actually tried to say that. He was like, and. And the, the, the story was, about him was he was like a six foot four, you know, he's good looking, white, you know, he was like the head of security. He was always around and there was the catchphrase, Thomas No, Thomas No. And uh and and I saw him on the next sailing that I went on that you Yeah, you were on. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. Yeah. So he so that's what happened. So we saw him on the next sailing and I said to him, Hey buddy, I go, Do you remember me? He goes, oh, I feel like I do, and I feel it's not good. I don't really. Yeah. And then we did that St. Thomas Pier run, and we were yeah. the last ones on the ship again in St. Thomas, and ran onto the ship, and we were smashed and from St. Thomas. And he was there to greet us, and he goes, now I remember. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's oh man. So the so yeah, the he, did, uh, he, did, he another, was a big fan of yours. Exactly. Another thing I loved about the Carnival Splendor that I wanted to get into a little bit was just the Lido deck in general and the feeling of and I and I think I verbalized this to you, just how I felt like it was just home. Like I felt like it was like the state our stateroom was our bedroom. And then, you know, on certain nights, we would go down, try to find 15, and just that was our, my first experience with, like, movie nights on cruise ships. And it was almost like you can go downstairs pregame in your living room, and the living room, because they would close the top of the Lido deck, and, man, I don't know, just this is pure nostalgia. Just the Carnival Splendor just gives me, I, I would do anything right now. I just want to go on one more sailing on the Carnival Splendor, just to go onto that closed Lido deck and smell that mixture of chlorine and pizza that just just symbolizes yeah. it so much and then you could just go grab a blanket grab a towel grab some popcorn and just lay down and watch a movie and then do or, or one night there's actual karaoke on the Lido deck i've never seen karaoke on a Lido deck saw it on the splendor i mean just yeah. those memories yeah i mean i'm t- if you know you're a big fan of the uh the pizza and chlorine which i feel like if they if axe body spray put that in a bottle you would buy it up but uh Hold on. let me write that idea down. Yeah, Hold on. I mean, yeah that's uh but you're right like that was because most of the 24-hour pizza places if they even have it are like stuffed away in the the cafeteria part yeah and it's like which is which, hey look it's fine i'm not knocking it but there was something about being able to be on that lido deck until four in the morning yeah, that was our with, diner that was a late night diner yeah, and like like you've you've said before, like after the nightclub would close, 
there'd just be 30 to 50 people, drunk people going to get pizza, chant pizza, pizza. And it was just like, it was a just, I mean, it was a, it was a floating town, like I said, and it was, it was just unbelievable. And I, I got, I got spoiled. I went on my first two cruises was the, was the splendor. So when I went on that third one, uh, you know, I was kind of, I was, that one, that one took me back, you know, yeah. that, that third one was rough. Plus, you know, it's the first time I was, uh, I had a room with Chris and, you know, <laughs> well, that's up there for me. Uh, I'm going to tell you, that that, 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 that cruise is up there with me. That second, that first, um, not my first gem, but that gem ship, that, that nine day d- disaster. That was, that's one of the best ones for me too. That's up there, right up there with that first one um that first splendor bender that we did but man it was a good time there was some highlights to that second one too that you know neil c the uh, fake neil c did bring a nice component to that towards the back of the ship with the you know things like that so it was it was good it definitely wasn't the same but just the ship in general as a whole you know from the 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 back deck the the lido de, the the aft pool to the and then, oh and they also had that hideaway chicken barbecue place that was on the second floor of the lido deck yeah which was great uh, the the yeah. Liberty and all those ships, the Freedom, the Freedom and the Valor have that as well. But uh, what a shit! You know, it was the it was the sec- it was the second time on the Splendor where we got the uh, the Cannonball contest. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was like I said, night night and day. The second time was was the party in the daytime with DJ Nerd C, and uh, the first the first time was you know the like the nightclub and the the late night part of it. Yeah. No, that's accurate. And and then just people talk about the decor and people just, you know, that has a notoriously bad reputation for decor. I mean, carnival ships in general during that era, I just did a piece on it on my website, alwaysbebooked.com. Check it out. Uh, it's called Joe Farkas is a Bad Man. And it's uh, just the, the carnival in- interior design when carnival was carnival. And that's kind of like my whole theme to it and me reconnecting with that. So, but having said that, they get a little bit of a bad rap. People, even people who love Carnival Cruise Line, will say, "What the hell are they doing with this space-aged Vegas on crack decor?" Um, no ship on Carnival exemplifies that more than the Carnival Splendor, basically because all around it, it's pink. They call it the pink ship. There's just weird pink yeah. decor everywhere. But again, it's like Homer Simpson donuts. Yeah. <laughs> It is. When you like it, it just becomes something that just becomes, you know what, nothing else is like that. So you know what, it just becomes something that's just more endearing to me. So, I mean, that's pretty much it. So the steakhouse, to me, is of the best steak I've ever had at sea. The aft pool, the Lido deck has its own unique properties, and the things that go on on that ship have its own properties. Uh, All all of it, it, it's just, to me, like I said, the feel of it in general it just feels like home. I had um, Juliana from Tourist to Local, her YouTube channel. I had her on the show as well. She definitely echoed those sentiments. She also agreed that it was a lot of because of the people that she met and there was a lot of sentimental value to it. But I don't think that happens by accident. I don't think that just randomly happens. I think the ambiance, the decor, the layout, the structure, and the staff and the the, the people on the ship make it that way. And um, yeah, Well, that's because the layout of it makes it a, it's a more pleasant experience for everyone on the ship. So everyone's just more pleasant to each other. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're when you're not sharing a hot tub with 15 little kids peeing on you, you're in a better mood. You are not lying. I mean, I think that's 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 a great great sentiment. Uh 
I was going to say one of those. I, you know when people say, um, you know, they call it kid soup? <laughs> Gross. You know damn well you are not, uh, you know, like I say, as far as my philosophy on peeing in the pool, you know, a, a good offense is the best defense. You know, you're not going to just sit around and get peed on, right? I mean, that's not fair yeah. to anybody. Um, but, I mean, I guess that's about it. I guess, in general, just the Splendor, it's, it's, it would, would the, what's the future hold for Splendor? It's got a couple of more sailings in L.A. or, you know, the West Coast. And then it's making its way over to Australia. I wish, or Asia, then Australia. And it's going to literally be gutted and completely redone for the Australian market. And the there was a ship that was supposed to go there. I think it was the one of the larger cruise ships, one of the uh, bigger mega ships on carnival was supposed to go there they changed plans and they were going to take oh what they were going to do was take splendor and make it not a carnival ship anymore and put it over with pno uh and that would have been a disaster yeah it's going to australia yes it's getting a full gutting and a full facelift but at least it's still going to be the carnival splendor and uh Australia, you may be upset that you're not going to get that big giant mega ship over there that was supposed to go over there but let me tell you something. You're in good shape with the Carnival Splendor. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. And I hope you guys appreciate it. Um, I guess that's pretty much it. Nick, you have anything else on the Splendor or no? Uh, I mean, no. I mean, for time for time purposes, no. Yes, you, you know, know me. me I have you could remember, you yeah. know, if, we had a, if we had a bottle of Johnny Blue right now, we could keep <laughs> this thing going for a while. But, you know, I mean, that's just, I mean, basically it's just, it's designed, by, you know, we've already talked about it. Yeah. It's great. I mean, I love it. Well, what I want to do also is before we uh, let Nick go, and uh, this is the Nick portion of the show, aside from uh, being just a funny guy in general, and uh, also, by the way, if you want to hear Nick, if you hear, um, is it Hank and Darlene? Hank? Hank and Darlene, yeah. Hank and Darlene. We do an episode with Hank yeah. and Darlene, and uh, they make an appearance in a way back episode a long time ago with a little comedy satire there. Him and his uh, love. Her- it's Harold and Darlene. Harold, yeah, that's a- <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. You said Hank threw me off. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> that is Harold and Darlene. Okay, even better. Um, Nick and his uh, lovely significant other Claudia jumped on and did some uh, improv, and they uh, I interviewed them in character. The characters were Harold and Darlene, and they would just go off a sailing off of a Royal Caribbean ship um, way back. That's in the Orlando days. But uh, Nick, uh, as far as uh, you know, in general, he's a he's a real funny guy. Works at comedy clubs. To me, he he could be even tomorrow if he decided he wanted to be a stand-up comedian. He totally could. But uh, right now, he has a podcast, and it's actually doing very very well. And I want to say, I always look for podcasts. And you know, even if my friends try to pull off a project, I'll support them and I'll listen to it and uh, I'll enjoy it. I mean, well. Let me take that last one back. I won't always enjoy it, but I'll I'll support it. Uh, Nick, it was perfect because Nick works for the New York Comedy Club in New York City, and they tapped him to be one of the hosts of their podcast, interviewing the comedians that kind of come through on a regular basis, uh, on a weekly basis. And Nick, I don't think I've said this to you before, but I, I, a I listen to the podcast, but it has become like one of those podcasts that I list look for each and every week. It's called uh, "This Is Not a Green Room." So tell tell the people a little bit about your podcast. Well, thank you. First off, Tommy, thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 called "This Is Not a Green Room." It's the official podcast of the New York Comedy Club, and we, you know, it's not. It's one of those just get a 
get a comic that's friends of ours that's you know does does the club on a regular basis uh just come in and uh you know just kind of shoot the shit yeah. Uh, if they got something coming up, uh, we talk about it. If not, you know, for like a couple episodes, just to you know, be quick. Uh, we got uh, uh, Maddie Smith was on. She's a, a young uh, comic that's really on the rise. She's just landed a role on MTV's Wild and Out. That's gonna she'll start uh, debuting in August. The episodes in August, the new season. So she came in. We talked about that process. Uh, my good buddy James Mattern is going to be on the, the show this coming Thursday. He's uh, about to drop his debut comedy album, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, Tom Cassidy, he is a, actually a producer and writer for the new show Danny's House on Vice Network. So we talked about that and you know what it was like to work with a hip hop star, Danny Brown, on a, in a comedy setting. And then you know we just also have buddies. You know Alex Pavone is a guy from Toronto. We've kind of become the unofficial podcast of the Toronto Raptor fan base in New York. We've had Alex Pavone, Graham K, both from Toronto, and basically we just talked about basketball. <laughs> you know, I, so it was. Uh, it's it just it's just us BSing, talking about comedy, the world of comedy, what's going on in comedy, and everything else. No, it's true. Uh, and if you, if, you know, you, if you guys listen, if you guys listen to what I do and you like what I do, it's basically because it's just a it's a personality piece. Sometimes it's just like you know you're just feeling like you have a buddy hanging out with you, and you know when you're gonna do that, you know your friend, you know be honest, your friends are you know think your friends think they're a lot funnier than they are. These are actually professionals actually doing it, and it's just banter going back and forth. You could tell Nick is uh, smooth and he's got the gift of gab on the mic, and he hosts this podcast, does a great job. And it's um, this is not a green room on iTunes across all platforms, Spotify, wherever you like to listen to your podcast, right? Yes, please check it out. Follow us on Twitter as well. Trying to get you know our social media presence up as well. So yeah, Instagram, Twitter. This is not a green room. And listen, like, subscribe. You know, you know the deal. You know what it is. And I, tell, I appreciate and, the kind words. And tell them we sent you, please. You know what I mean? Listen, I think we're you know. By the way, Tommy, this is a great, great time to say, uh, if anyone, if any of you cones are in New York City, you know, on vacation or hanging out here before you get on the, the on the gem or something, um, we've set up a, a promo code for you at the New York Comedy Club. If you guys go to the website and put in the promo, the promo code booked, I believe it is. I believe it's booked. You did if say it's wrong, that. I yeah. Will, yeah, so you'll get, uh, I think it's 20% off your tickets. Or, uh, you know, just hit me up, DM me, you know, you know where to find me. But yeah, we want to. Wow. You know, we're we're uh, it's called synergy. You know. Wow, how about that? Cones twenty percent off if you're in New York City. Use uh, go to newyorkcomedyclub dot com. Is that the website? Yeah, newyorkcomedyclub dot com. Buy your tickets. Buy your I tickets. It's books. Okay. I, I, I might I might be wrong. Well, if there's a correction on that, we'll 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 put it out there. But yeah, uh, we'll yeah we'll amend it. That's pretty much it. All right, guys. I uh, appreciate you joining us, Nick. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, right after Tell these, me, always a pleasure. Of course, man. Thank you so much. Right after this, we'll get into the emails. See you, Cones. Hey, quick question: How important is your vacation to you? Okay, well, are you booked? If not, I want to give you a quick heads up on how close you can really be to your cruise vacation of a lifetime. Let's talk Caribbean. Yeah, that's right. The tropical paradise, white sand, crystal clear, blue water Caribbean. Cruising is an adventure. Why visit just one destination when you can conquer three or four? We want to be the perfect getaway from your everyday. Always be booked. Cruises and vacations has the experience, the affiliations, and most of all, the passion to match you up with a getaway that you and your group will share stories about for decades to come. 
no matter who's listening. Some say a cruise is a cruise, but the truth is, we help you find your cruise. Whether you're seeking the ultimate island adventure, world-class onboard entertainment, or gourmet Caribbean food and cocktails, you can share memories with those you're traveling with and make lifelong friends with those you just met. Having spent years on some of the world's most celebrated cruise ships and creating partnerships on the most desirable destinations in the Caribbean, Always Be Both Cruises will craft a custom itinerary that will surpass anything you thought you could ever experience on land or sea. If you're ready to start planning your dream cruise, go to Always Be Booked.com or email me directly at Tommy at AlwaysBeBooked.com. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Your emails have become a lifeblood of the show. By the way, before we do this, let me uh, just remind you, please check us out on Facebook, Always Be Booked Cruises Ultra Lounge. If you want to contribute to the show and get an extra show a week, uh, the Patreon is up there. You go to P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Always Be Booked. It's a $5 contribution. And you get an extra show a week. We just had Doug Parker on. We've had him on a couple of times. We had some interesting stuff. We do a lot of crazy things over there. If you want to, whether you're contributing to what we do here or you just want the extra show, you have that opportunity to give a contribution of $5 a month to that. As well as, uh, what else? All oh, the travel agency, the website, uh, alwaysbebooked.com. Check it out. You can book cruises on there, and it's completely legit. <laughs> I even have to say that. I guess it's kind of funny. Of course, it's legit. Uh, it should be assumed, I should say. And then, very, very importantly, we need 300 more subscribers for YouTube. I just got to get to 1,000, and then I can start uh, be calling myself a partner or whoever the lingo is there. But that's it. Uh, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Your emails have become a lifeblood of the show. We appreciate them every week. Please keep them coming. Whatever questions, comments, even Angie. Angie will get mad if you ask about parking. But other than that, Everything's everything's above board. Feel free. Hi, Tommy. Way back in an early episode of the podcast, you had Stu on talking about his riptism workout. Have you tried it more than a couple of times? You know, Paul, that's a damn good question. This is from Paul. What is your opinion of it for someone that isn't a dedicated workout fanatic? I am not horribly out of shape. I walk a couple of miles each day, but need to lose a fair amount of weight and get more toned. I think from what I have seen, I am probably a similar similar build to you. Well, I'm sorry for that, Paul. <laughs> In the mid-40s, uh, looking to get into that cruise shape before my fall and winter cruises. Paul. Big shout out to Paul. I want to say thank you, Paul. Paul's been a great contributor for a while, a regular guy in the lounge. And uh, man, you are part of the reason this thing works, Paul. So I'm so I really, really appreciate it. And I love your last name because that's my boy, Patrick. I'm sure you've heard that before. Uh, oh, JR, right? JR as well, if you're uh, if you want to go the Dallas route. But uh Paul, welcome aboard. So I'll say about this. Stu is uh Stu's like my brother. Stu is the man. And um, he has a, a, a product out there called Riptism. It's gone to one, two, and three now. And listen, he I'll be straight up honest with you. Stu is a specimen. Stu is like, you know, what you see in the magazines. So thinking you're going to be able to do Riptism on day one and complete the whole thing, no problem. No, to answer your question, it's not doable by people like me and you to the T. Now, I have done it more than a couple of times. I did it for a few weeks. And I'll tell you right now, Paul, if you're committed, it's a great, great, great way to go. You do not have to look like Stu or be in shape like Stu to do it. The only thing I'll say is you just have to modify the workout. You have to modify and do whatever you can. They say it over and over again on Riptism. And check it out on Riptism.com. Um, 
you know, me and Stu had a partnership going back and forth where he promoted me and I promoted him for a while. So we, we used to officially kind of push it. We kind of got away from that a little bit, but still here it is. I mean, it's it's a it's a plug, but it's also a worthwhile plug because it absolutely brings value to you guys. And, uh, you know, you, you basically... Um, you know, you, you basically just have to modify it. If you can't, if they want you to do 30 reps do and you can only do 20, do the 20. If you can't get your arm all the way around, do it to how far it can. And then let your be your goal to be as close to a form of what they're exactly doing as possible. You modify up and you improve with the form and the amount and the longevity of you of you doing the movement. So yes, I absolutely recommend riptism for anybody. But like I said, just be realistic of how much you are going to exactly emulate the movements in the video. Riptism.com. All right. Thank you, Paul, for everything. Hi, Tommy. Your last podcast identified the big through three cruise companies word quote-unquote word like carnival equals fun royal caribbean equals wow norwegian equals free so of course my mind goes to what should be your word my word should be party i mean this is from deb debbie uh debbie parker uh she nailed it that is what it is and that is the word I always use. It's kind of a coincidence because even when, you know, when I started out in the restaurant business, we would, it was, we had to, we had, we had a creed. It was three sayings. It was drive the bodies, control the costs, throw the party. If you were doing that in my business, in my, my, my line of work, in my company, you were doing your job. You drive the bodies, you, you get them in. Once you got them in, you uh, control the costs. You know what I mean? Everything's priced out properly and you don't overspend. So we're profitable so we can stay open. And three, throw the party. Throw the freaking party. Now we had to modify what throw the party is over the years because the kids in the late 90s and early to mid 2000s, they wanted to hang from the rafters and the chandeliers. Hence me hanging from the chandeliers doing my little Rocky thing. Now it's a much more refined group. The millennials are about what does your decor look like? What is your theme? What is, how uh, creative is your food menu? What's the inspiration? Is your chicken farm raised? Can I name the chicken? Can I go pet it three days before it's on my freaking table because I want to know what I'm eating exactly. And, uh, and, and, and uh, the craft beer, how? What's the ABV? What's the alcohol by volume of every single thing I'm consuming? Is it a West Coast IPA? Is it a is it a pale ale? Is it a is it from India? Is it, I don't even know. They said a West Coast IPA. That's a thing. A West Coast IPA. Now I'm getting into this a little bit more. If you break down IPA, IPA stands for Indian Pale Ale. So when you throw a West Coast IPA into that, what do you really mean? Are you talking about a California pale ale? But how is it from California if it's from India? Or are we just talking about West Coast India? Does India have a West Coast? Talk to me. I don't know. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Any of you beer experts out there. Um, But so what we had to do was basically elevate a level the party. We didn't change the word party, Deb. We didn't change the word party. We kept the word party in there. Throw the party. But throw the party in more modern days meant just elevate the experience. Take the word party and 
assume it means the overall experience based on what the consumer, what the guest is looking for today. And we did do that. And and the party, you're right. The party is kind of like what I stand for. You know what I mean? Maybe the party is not just necessarily getting drunk and partying. The party is experiencing life and doing the freaking things, right? That's what the party is. Do the things. Go and do the things. My high school in 1993 when I graduated, you know, you'll put out the whole senior thing and you write down your keywords, you mention your friends, you have a little write-up underneath your picture. I think most high schools do that. And then you end it, everybody end it with a song lyric that inspired them or a quote that inspired them. And coincidentally enough, Deb, um, little 18-year-old Tommy from East Rockaway, New York, what did I write at the bottom of my little write-up? It was a public enemy lyric, and it just said, nothing but a party, y'all. I'm, I'm graduating high school, about to start my life. And tell me this isn't a more fitting thing for me to write at the bottom of my day. Everybody's like, you know, whatever, kill me kill me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on us. Whatever the hell they're writing, uh, you know, identify, let me know the difference between what's going to kill me and make me strong. Whatever the hell they're writing in these little, you know, inspirationals, you you. You know, what did I write? Very simply, nothing but a party, y'all. Let's get it on. And that's what I live my life by, right or wrong. That's what I'm here. It takes all kinds of kinds, right? It is, and that's that's where I'm at. I'm throwing parties. Hi, Tommy. I had a question for your 100th podcast, but I thought it might be too personal. <laughs> well, here we are. You're, you're asking it, so apparently it's not too personal. But then I heard all the folks asking about your sex life, so maybe not. Okay, hold the phone here. All right. We all know you like the pockets on the ships, but what about on land? Is land, Tommy, all work and no play? Do you see yourself in a relationship ever, or are you, are, or are you into more of a keep-it-casual dating lifestyle? I've been with my husband since I was in my late 20s, 17 years ago, so I can't imagine dating in my 40s, but I get marriage is not for everyone. Just curious. Angie, of course, Angie's going to Angie's gonna be the Oprah. She's going to be the Barbara Walters here. She's going to ask the burning, difficult questions, and, and, and dare how dare someone ask about parking, right? When uh, you have these, uh, quite frankly, invasive questions. And yes, I am very offended by this. I'm just kidding, Angie. I'm not offended at all. So your question is, I heard the folks say, we all know that you like pockets on the ships. What about on land? Yeah, I like pockets on land. I don't necessarily call them pockets on land. I don't think. Um, Is land, Tommy, all work and no play? No, if I like pockets, that's more on the play aspect of it, right? Uh, Do you see yourself in a relationship ever, or are you just more of a keep it casual dating? That's the issue, too. I, I, um, you want to get real? Let's get real. I don't know. What do you want to do? What time is it? I mean, it's Tuesday, right? Let's get real. So, so, uh, no, I, I don't necessarily at this point really feel as though I am available to someone for a real relationship. I do. I really, really enjoy the company of a lovely young lady. And uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a crossroad because how it was all throughout your 30s, you just, okay, so find the young lady. And now I thought I was a relationship guy. I thought I was interested in a relationship. And two things happened. A young lady that I was trying for for a very long time 
uh, who I was falling short with. And you know, the ladies, you know, we all do, I guess, you know, life has a way of humbling you a little bit. And over the course of five to seven years of maintaining a friendship, you know, I'd give it that every couple of year college try. <laughs> and then, yeah, it happened. And we decided to, to, to actually pursue things. She was an actress and she lived in L.A., but she would take visits here and we would have great weekends and a lot of fun. And um, it was a good time. But then it got weird. And she said, this is what happened. This is, a, mind you, this is a girl I was pursuing for five to seven years, whatever it was. She said, I think I want to move back to New York. And I was like, that is awesome. And she's like, well, let's, let's look. I want to look at maybe two-bedroom apartments. So I was like, hold the phone. Hold up. You, um, you're talking about moving back and then just moving in. Is that what we're doing? Like we're not, you know, there's no like, let's date and, you know, maybe get your place. She's like, no, I was thinking move in right away. I was like, oh, so there was a pause and everybody who's ever been at the end of a relationship knows that pause. And, uh, she said, I just freaked you out. Didn't I? Of course I said, no, you didn't. I was like, oh no, I'm excited. But. We didn't break up right there, but she knew at that point that I was not down with that. And then through natural other progressions, things fell apart over the next couple of weeks, and then we just weren't together anymore. So that was it. Done. Um, Now that I chalked up to just being a weird situation. She wanted to go too fast. Now, I didn't have any relationship since after that, and that was probably about maybe 2010, 2009, 2010. Now, 12 hits late 2012 hits and i'm like man i don't know i don't know what's going on am i really you know i had this girl am i really in a really a relationship guy and nothing resembling a relationship happened to me for like two two and a half years or whatever and then about two and a half years after that this angel shows up and she is the most charismatic adorable Listen, what, late 20s Italian girl from New Jersey, Italian girl from New Jersey who looked and acted Italian from New Jersey, yet obsessed with country music. In other words, and she liked me. In other words, a unicorn in every sense of the word. So she just, you know, we just started hanging out and we casual at first and she was just pushing it this was the assistant to the cake boss we told you about and um you know i would uh, i never spoke to the cake boss but he would be in the background on the phone i would be talking to her on the phone and i hear the cake boss in the background saying oh who's this tommy where's tommy what when am i gonna meet this tommy you won't shut up about when am i gonna meet him and uh i'm like oh ugh, am i signing up to meet the cake am i am i marrying you and the it, does cake does the cake boss come with this this is the type of girl that you know we were together and she would know i'd be going home to see my family for christmas and uh she would meet me at work so let's just say christmas is on a sunday and everybody was going to get out of the city on friday i know this is i gotta speed this up i'm sorry she would come in on thursday and she would bring all fresh pastries and she'd be like she never met my family yet and that was for a reason i kept it at a distance she's like she'd have a box load of pastries from the cake boss this is for your brother this is for your sister this is for grandma i know she likes cannolis this is it and she's she's sending me a, so i'm like oh wow and then we went to uh, a bon jovi concert and we were in like the first couple of rows 
And I'm into it. I'm there, hammered, ready to watch Bon Jovi in New Jersey, all pumped up. She could care less about Bon Jovi. She is literally straddling me, facing me with Bon Jovi to her back. And she's like, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, great. And just wouldn't. And and I'm like, okay. So this is, I felt like, you know, and I'm not necessarily the biggest religious person, but I felt like, all right, this is. I feel like it's the last chance. This is like a, a, a lifeline. This is like everything checking all the boxes. Little crazy, but no problem there. Uh, and she just checked all the boxes for me, though. And she, uh, above all else, she was into it. Obsessed. Like, not obsessed in a weird way. Just very, very enthusiastic about our relationship. And I didn't, I wasn't there for it. I wasn't, I couldn't, I couldn't get, I couldn't open it up. I just couldn't open it up. It was happening too fast. I just, I don't know, I kind of attributed to being single for just so long. She said to me one time while we were in a car, she's like, you're going to get a Christmas tree for your apartment? You're going to get a, let me know if you're going to get a tree. Tell me if you're going to get a tree right now. I'm like, a tree? What was it? She looked at me and I just saw her looking at me and I just, she goes, yeah, you're going to get a tree. I think I'm, I'm think, I think I'm going to make you a person. That was the quote she said to me that I laughed at and I realized this thing was probably doomed because she looked at me and said, I think I'm going to make you a person. And my response was, good freaking luck. (laughs) And then we continued to hang out and I just continued to tell her that I don't know if I'm necessarily the most available person for what you're looking for and what you want. And um, she hung in there and she would say to me on a regular basis, she would be like, thank you guys for listening to this. I guess this is kind of more me being a little therapeutic, talking through this stuff. And uh, thanks, Angie, for asking this. But, um, you know, she would just say, you know, I'm eventually going to meet somebody, right? You know, I'm eventually going to get a boyfriend because you're not making yourself. She's like, I'm having fun with you, but this is. And I just would say, I absolutely know. And I'm absolutely going to have to say I let you go and say congratulations when you do. Well, guess what happens? Uh, she found somebody. I let her go, and I said congratulations. And she announced maybe like a month ago that she's um, engaged, and uh, I think they're having a child. So there you go, Cake Boss Girl. We called her Shorty back then. That was kind of like her nickname around the bar for uh, the people that employ. Oh, short Tommy Shorty's here. That was it. So that's it. All right. Sorry if I gave you a little bit too much info for that. Uh, oversharing, whatever it is, let's move on. Bottom line is, I've I've remained single for so long, I can't freaking let somebody in to where they just never go home. Where I have to, you know, it, again, it's just I think I just waited too long. I think yeah, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna end up the way it is. Who knows how this is gonna end? We'll keep you posted though. <laughs> Tommy, I just listened to your podcast and I heard you ask what people's preference were for the audio on your YouTube ship tour videos. Personally, I think you should stick to your strengths and one of your biggest strengths is your ability to tell a story. Uh, You just got a whole... (laughs) Listen to this thunder. Ready? Listen. What the hell? That was a tease. A huge bolt of lightning just hit. And usually there's the, uh, uh, there it is. Well, it was underwhelming. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, I would love to he- for you to do a f- ship full tour full of commentary about the trouble you would get into all in the different venues of the ship. Imagine, here's the Lido deck. Looks like some comfy enough lounge chairs to pass out in overnight. Here is a nightclub on board. Notice the pocket-friendly seating and the mood lighting. Stuff like that would be original for cruise ship tour seen on YouTube. What are your thoughts on that, Jason? Jason, Captain uh, Brownbeard. Jason, you're right. 
you're you're right and if you listen to some of my narrated ones i go in that direction very very slightly i don't interject the whole i guess personality of the show and my full personality but i give little hints on it but that might be a funny angle the only reason it won't work jason now that i'm thinking of it is because while yes i do promote the podcast uh there's a lot of viewers on there that will never care about what the podcast is you know there's a certain faction of people who listen to podcasts like we do and not everybody does i I know most people that i know will not just sit and listen to somebody or a couple of people talk and express their ideas on a particular topic for more than whatever time limit half hour hour two hours whatever it is so It would just be a bunch of inside jokes, I think, for the most part, for the podcast listeners. But I will continue to throw little digs in there. Like I've mentioned Green Cup Monday in there and things like that. So uh, if if I've done it. So Jason, definitely uh, make sure you check out the YouTube channel and uh, you'll see a couple of them. I narrated the Carnival Horizon. I narrated the Carnival Conquest. I think those are the two narrations, and I still am planning on doing narrated versions of the ship tours that I did recently, which are the Sky and the Paradise. All right. Hey there, Mr. Casabona. May I start off with saying I love the podcast? Very informative, Mr. Casabona, huh? Thank you. Uh, Very informative and insightful. I listen to it whenever I can. I'm not a Patreon, but I still listen in on some podcasts and love the episodes on there. Um, always looking forward to, I don't know how you do that. I mean, are you listening to Patreon episodes and you don't, you're not a Patreon? Got to figure out if there's a glitch there. Maybe if you're listening to this podcast and, uh, there's a glitch on Patreon, there's your chance because I'm shutting it down. Here we go. Listen. All right. I give up, whatever. But the main topic, and it's usually a long one. So heads up of this email is that I am thinking of three cruise lines for my own solo cruise. I'm stuck on doing another. I'm stuck on doing another Halloween cruise from Carnival out of my home port, which I've been on but didn't really participate much in since I wanted to do the costume contest. Wait, what? Uh, let's do that again. I'm stuck on doing another Halloween cruise from Carnival, Carnival Ecstasy, out of my home port, which I've been on but didn't really participate much in since I wanted to do the costume contest because I got a great costume this year. That's a whole big paragraph, uh, parenthesis thing. Uh, but the only downsides to of this is that, one, I heard it's basically a twin to the elation, which I've been on in October, and... There have been reports of their smells and yellow water around the ship. Well, that's the fantasy, but yeah, the fantasy class. So maybe it's kind of like running in the family, dare I say? I know it's an older ship, but it's making me think about sailing on it, even though it's going to be in dry dock for the first two weeks or so in October. Uh, Besides Carnival, since it's more affordable, I'm looking at Norwegian Breakaway, which I've been on a few years back. But I'm looking at the inside and the studio cabins. I've posted on the Shipmates app. I've posted on the Shipmates app and even asked Sherry from Cruise Tips TV if the studio was worth it, and it's mostly yes. Well, it's not about being worth it because <clears throat> the studios actually, you know, they raise the prices, but they actually afford you the ability to save some money by not getting this single supplement, having to pay double occupancy. So it's not made basically whether it's worth it or not. You're actually saving by doing the studios typically i guess maybe not always but typically i know you don't usually cruise solo but i figured i'd ask i'm thinking of doing it for a longer time than carnival i'm thinking of doing it for longer time than carnival at the beginning of next year as a birthday celebration for myself 
This is a bit of a, a, a grammatical disaster, but I think we're getting the basic idea here. Last one is on RCL, since I haven't been on the cruise line before. I want to get, I want to go to the closest port I know, Port Canaveral, and I saw that it is one of their newer ships, Harmony of the Seas. I want to go on it, but I'm also in between because it's a little pricier than NCL. I want to know if it's worth it, and I, I get the idea. You're deciding between three uh, cruise ships, um, what's included in the fare besides the buffet. Well, the main dining room. All right, Jaron. Jaron, thank you for the email. No problem that it's long. It was comprehensive, and I and I well, these are the types of emails I like because it gives me you know the opportunity to give you advice based on and remember it's based on what I think. It's based on my opinion. You got three ships here: the Carnival, you got the uh, their fantasy class ships. What I'll say is yes, these are ships that you're not going on. Now don't worry about the fact that you've already been on a carbon copy ship of that because when you go on any of the fantasy class ships, you're not going on any of them for a unique ship experience or like, you know, this gorgeous room or this huge attraction or any bells and whistles whatsoever. You're going on a fantasy class ship. I recently learned for the experience. I used to create it towards the night. You know what I mean? Like <clears throat> when you're a DJ, and you're in a nightclub and you're DJing and the crowd is close together. You know what I'm saying? There could be the same amount of people at Crazy Uncle Mike's, which is 100 people. Let's just say there's 100 people there. And let's compare that to McFadden's Pittsburgh or Cowgirls in Orlando. There's the same 100 people in that bar. I will rock Crazy Uncle Mike's 100 people till 4.30 in the morning, no problem. Because the charge that I'm throwing in is easily conducted from person to person. When you're at Cowgirls Rock Bar and the place is basically an acre big, those hundred people are spread out. So I can't get that charge that I'm throwing out as easily to transfer across to other people. So when you go on, that's the advantage of the Carnival Fantasy Class ships. They are fun as hell because when the cruise director throws that charge out there, there is less room and less walls and less echoey cavernous areas for it to bounce off of. Now, the Carmony of the Seas is a ridiculously beautiful cruise. I would not do that as a solo cruiser because of the fact that it's going to be very, very cavernous. There's very, very big areas and a lot of space. And if you're cruising solo, if you want to just do a blog and take notes of things and you want to see the biggest and baddest and newest and wow factors that are available to cruising, then just do the harmony. But if you're looking to have a blast, people are going to be, it is the most least personal ship I've ever been on. So if you're solo cruising, for purposes of if you're trying to make a connection with people and have a good time, the 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 harmony is the least of all this. The fan the Oasis class of ships on Royal Caribbean is the least thing I would tell you. Now, if you're going with a girlfriend or if you're going with a significant other of any kind or family or friends, yes, experience all the ship has to offer with them and enjoy yourself. And chances are you'll probably meet a couple people. But to run around the Oasis of the Seas or Harmony of the Seas or Symphony of the Seas solo, I think it's going to be a daunting and challenging task. That's my opinion. Uh, getting to what my choice would be, which is Norwegian Cruise Line, a breakaway plus a breakaway or breakaway plus class ship, which is the one you're talking about. It has the studio and you may um, 
and maybe a little bit extra money, but this is what you want to do if you want to do it solo. Because if you want to, if you want to save money, you do the paradise, you do the fantasy class. Okay, if it's a total money issue, do the fantasy class. But if that's not the biggest issue and you want to focus on the experience, Norwegian absolutely crushes the solo cruising experience. Not only do you get the studio cabin, you you get to get away with the supplement. You get a nice room with everything you want right in front of you, made for one person. There's a single studio lounge where you can drink, and it's only available to solo cruisers. Now, not to be confused with studio cruisers. If you're a solo cruiser, because one time they ran out of studios, I did cruise solo, got my own room because the price was right, and I was able to have access to that lounge only because I was a registered solo cruiser. And then the best part about it is that you have a solo cruise coordinator. Now, this guy is there to basically annoy you. We'll all act like this guy's annoying me. Oh, he wants me to go to this. He wants me to go to that. But the reality is this guy is holding things together. I would see him around the ship. God forbid I didn't show up to something that was a solo cruiser uh, sanctioned event. He would say, Thomas, where were you? You weren't at the thing today. We had this one there. That one was there. That was there. That was there. It went so far. It was so effective that the crew we got together, one of the girls in the crew said, yo, can we stop coming to these things? Because we got a crew now. And I'm like, no, you don't do it like that. That's not the way it works. You, you dance with the girl that brung you. You know what I mean? You don't just jump off the bandwagon. You don't do it. So my answer is a hard, if money's the same, if money's not the biggest issue, it's a hard Norwegian. You will not regret that, Jaren. Uh, I appreciate the emails. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Keep them coming. You guys are the best. Yeah, this was a little wacky, this pile. Listen, I'm trying to, you know, then maybe they're not all the same all the time. I know I was a little caffeinated for this one. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Nick. I had a great time with you guys. You guys are the best. Cones, we'll talk to you soon. Boat drinks. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away all of your big problems. You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine on tree. And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot. And I know this is the place for me. Get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away. I love your big problems You can worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves you Jimmy Perfectly good island somewhere Well, all right, the boats And don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You can worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down Put me down, and when I fall on my stool Put me down, I'll just leave there till morning comes round With sunshine, ten ladies, and pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing 
get away to where the boat leads from and takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the boat leads from. So get away to where the boat leads from and takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the so get away. To where the boat leads from, it takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the boat leads from.